they really fucked up with um, calling the third installment of the Bad Boy franchise Bad Boys for Life instead of just making a fourth film and calling it Bad Boys for Life. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Uh, like, what a bunch of fucking maroons, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Scroll of all ages, welcome to a special episode of MCU Beyond Infinity, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow sloth baby, Travis, to break down the first episode of the newest Marvel Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel, entitled Generation Y. Back in July of 2012, writer Kelly Sue DeConnick came on task with taking over the character of Carol Danvers. At the time, mostly known as a background character slash sidekick of Miss Marvel, Kelly Sue gave Carol the promotion of a lifetime to Captain Marvel. The book sold well and kicked off a ruckus in the comic book community. Suddenly, a group of women calling themselves the Carol Corps grew, loved, and grew very proud of their Captain Marvel. There was also suddenly an uptick in female readership and they really loved the series, which did rule, and they sang its praises. So let's flash forward to the year of our Lord, 2014. With Carol taking on the role of Captain, it was only a matter of time before we found ourselves with a new Miss Marvel. And hot off the tails of a Marvel stinker of an event, Inhumanity, written by Kelly Sue's uh, husband, the great Matt Fraction, we got one. But there was something very different about this character. Kamala Khan was the first Muslim character to headline her own series in all of comic books, which is crazy. And she was being written by a female Muslim American author by the name of G. Willow Wilson. Not only was it diverse, not only was it woke as fuck, it was good. And it was really, really good. It also sold gangbusters and went into seven printings, which is literally unheard of. At the time that the book came out, I vividly remember buying Miss Marvel at uh, my former local comic book shop, um, Fourth World in uh, Smithtown, New York, one of the better Mm -hmm. actual comic book stores in New York State. Uh, And I remember bringing it home to my apartment at the time. I was recently married and I opened up the issue, read it, in one sitting and turned to my wife at the time and said, someday, if we ever have a daughter, I cannot wait to give her this comic book. And when she asked why I kind of declared to her, I think this is the female Parker and this is the female Peter Parker. And this is going to be a very, very big deal. And Travis, I know we've spoken at lengths uh, probably on and off air about Kamala Khan with one another in the past. Um, but it's, it's really hard to describe what a big deal of a character she is, uh, especially considering she's only from like 2014. 
Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Getting an adaptation of her is uh, kind of not, I guess, surprising considering how successful it was. It's just, I just figured it'd be a little longer, but uh, not that it needs to be. Uh, there's plenty of characters they haven't used for her to bump up against, and uh, yeah, I like the character. It is very Peter Parker-y, and it does remind me of reading, like, and it had a very silver age quality to the pacing and introduction mm -hmm. of all of the characters where um it, the first issue of miss marvel the um g willow wilson comic had such a brisk pace it got down to business so quickly with introducing her introducing her personality introducing her family and her friends very quickly before throwing her into peril giving her superpowers and launching her quest you know what i yes. mean um and, and it was just kind of like masterfully executed in a way that a lot of um uh you know modern age comic books aren't where like modern age comics have this tendency to think in arcs you know what i mean um where yeah. it's like four or five issues and you know there's that famous stan lee saying where every comic is somebody's first comic and mm -hmm. i think about that a lot on this podcast where um you know i i reiterate a lot of the same stories and i say you know i say things over and over every again like i know it's going to be someone's first right uh, every episode is going to be somebody's first episode and they have to know my thoughts on hayden christensen sam neill fucking michael rooker all of our, and he, yeah absolutely um <laughs> You know, we they have to know why Tilda Swinton deserves sainthood at this point. Yes, um, yes. You know what I mean? Um, our thoughts on on juggling themed superheroes. I think that was the thing that we spoke about at length for a little while. We have stopped. Um, Indeed. But <laughs> yeah, we did, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. During Hawkeye. During Hawkeye. Yeah. Okay. Um, still think they're around the corner. Maybe they're involved with damage control at this point. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, but but there is this kind of like brisk Silver Age pace to those original uh, G. Willow Wilson comics where it just kind of we needed it kind of in, in the modern age. And while, you know, I, I fucking didn't mean to say like it was woke as fuck i was making fun of the people who say those things um i will be the first to admit that uh miss marvel and um miles morales did kick off some bad tendencies in the comic book world uh for a little while where they're like oh it worked for this character why don't we make all our characters like different ages and different yeah, races yeah. And lots of uh legacy characters around that time and some of them worked some of them didn't uh i think kamala Khan and uh, miles morales are probably the two most successful or something uh sam wilson as oh, yeah 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 uh, right around that same time this is all my precious uh marvel now error another thing that i mentioned <laughs> on every episode about how i have such a fondness for like comics especially marvel in particular from like Basically, from Avengers vs. X-Men to mm -hmm. um, Secret Wars, like just that whole error just had a lot of really good creative teams uh, working kind of at their finest. That's where we got Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. That where That's where we got Kelly Sue's um, Captain Marvel run. Yes, yes. And I mean, as new as um, Kamala Khan is you know granted carol danvers has been around since the silver age and and you know the late 60s um 
she hasn't been Captain Marvel for much longer than Kamala Khan's been around. It's a pretty new title for her. And Marvel introduced her in what was that, like 2018? Was that the Captain Marvel movie? Doug Marvel Studios? Yes, yes. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just for a single issue of a comic book to go into seven printings in in this day and age is, is it's a lot absolute... of money for them to just throw away on <laughs> yeah on unused and unsold comics yeah yeah travis if if Kamala Khan was so popular why does her book keep getting canceled? i know it's not that they do this with every fucking book or anything uh, ad nauseum of in the last decade or so where every book has had like six or seven launches just about uh it's, it's not like they just renumber it every single time there's a new creative team and that's what yeah. marvel's been doing since like Sometimes 2004 more than that like fucking jason aaron's store run i had like six or seven fucking different titlings you can get a new number one with each of them that sells a bit better and then the sales gradually drop off uh, <laughs> And that example, that Mm -hmm. example in particular kind of grinds my gears because Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why um, they do that is, is one, they have a new creative team and and they want it to feel like a season and this season is over. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, But, but two is because single issues don't necessarily always sell as well as trade paperbacks do. And they don't make as much money as they do Marvel with their trade paperbacks because they sell them for fucking $30 for a fucking trade paperback, which is insane. And you shop, I shop at cheapgraphicnovels.com, which is... Yeah, it's a today's sponsor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hymns for men. Um, yeah. No, but, um, 40% off or 60, something like that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Use code Michael Rooker for 40% uh-huh. off at cheapgraphicnovels.com. No, but um, the, the Thor run in particular made it almost impossible to collect them in trade paperback um, yeah it's yeah, just really it's, hard to figure out i know well it's just i lost my place and then once the second omnibus comes out i will finally read through the whole series which i it liked but yeah yeah it's just a, a lot to keep track of whenever we have constant relaunches with the same creative team and it's annoying uh i'm cool with it when once it's like a new writer uh, artist combo or whatever but are you yeah. reading Thor right now by my boy? Uh, Donny Cates? Yeah. Yes, yes. I am uh, like two episodes. Uh, two episodes. <laughs> two issues behind. I think yeah. Right now. Uh, are you, you, have you read the uh, Thor vs. Hulk stuff? That, uh, those are the ones that I'm, I'm not read yet. Okay. It, it, let me know when you get to them because it is virtually impossible if you're not reading Hulk. It is oh, like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I am I'll not ca- reading Hulk. So it's, yeah. 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 I'll catch you up to speed on, on where Hulk is because every fucking five years, Bruce Banner and Hulk are in like completely different, really weird phases, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and he's really hard to keep up with. Like if you're, if you just know Hulk from, uh, you know, the Marvel movies or, or, or the Bill Bigsby show or the cartoons, you always think, you know, this man, this monster, you know, but it's like, oh, no, like Banner can think as Hulk now. And like mm-hmm. Banner is a thing and Hulk is a thing. And then like sometimes Banner has control and sometimes he doesn't have control. And right now Hulk is kind of like a mech suit. And banners inside of his body controlling it like a little person with like levers. Like a Gundam. Um, yes, yes. And it rules and it's very fun. And it is very fun. I also like the bit that they uh 
you know, they have the joke like, what are you, God of Hammers in the the Marvel movies? And now it's mm-hmm. like the title of the book, like Thor, God, God. of Hammers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is awesome. But since Miss Marvel's debut in 2014, um, I don't want to like necessarily call her the the, the face of the, the Marvel brand, you know, because mm-hmm. she's. She's not, you know, it's, it's still Spider-Man. Don't worry, folks. It's still Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. But she brought people and, and that series brought readership in that I had never seen before um, or hadn't seen in a while and hadn't seen um, in these numbers, you know, um, it, well, it did start kind of, with, what's that? That is kind of the point of uh, like diversifying your lineup is to attract new readers <laughs> people that wouldn't ordinarily pick up a comic and the star of the show is one of those people that it attracted and so i think that's one of the things that like kind of makes it so fun to read and kind of peter parkery too mm-hmm. where Kamala khan loves the Avengers. She was saved by Carol Danvers. That's why she likes Carol Danvers so much. I think her like introduction formally was in Kelly Sue's book at one point, right? Yeah. She's like an innocent bystander. It's a weird drawing of her to where she looks like she's 30, but (laughs) (laughs) she's like Uh, a raisin. I don't know if it was originally supposed to be her or if it's like a a, California raisin. Most hot rationalization where it's, yeah. 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 But, um, you know, she she herself as a character is obsessed with the Avengers and mm-hmm. writes Avengers fan fiction on Reddit and, and they go into that very heavily on the show. So it makes it this really empathetic, sympathetic um, viewpoint, especially for, you know, 2014, excuse me, I have the hiccups, 2014 to now, um, Whereas, you know, when people in the 60s were picking up Amazing Fantasy and Spider-Man, they're like, oh, he's a teenager just like me or picking up the Fantastic Mm -hmm. Four and being like, oh, that he's a brother and he's a he's a father and, and, you know, and and they're in love and he has a best friend. And it it just allows for a level of sympathy that normally isn't there in comic books and brings it to you know, modern times. And mm-hmm. and she's a very, very modern character that was executed in kind of the perfect way. Um, say what you will. I mean, we got to talk about it. There is a lot of really unreasonable backlash against Kamala Khan. And there has been since she started. And it mostly comes from xenophobic or, mm-hmm. you know, um, misogynistic. Uh, well, kind anyone of, that thinks that anytime there's a, a non-street, uh, white guy in a role <laughs> it's somehow oppressing them uh, anything that's not that <laughs> I know uh, it's the weirdest fucking thing to me and and that was the error where comics gate started um, which is a really weird annoying and complicated kind of subject that we could probably have an entire episode on mm. but essentially it was um you know, there was Gamergate where uh, it, its name derives from gatekeeping, where it's like, yeah, yeah. this isn't for you. This is our thing. Stay the fuck away. Mm-hmm. And and I will get defensive at the new the new people coming in. You know, mm-hmm. um, Gamergate had started and, you know, girls were, you know, fucking fake gamer girl. Yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, 
so there was this woman who used to work for Marvel Comics in, in the 60s, and she was a secretary, and eventually she got promoted and eventually made her way up to, you know, one of the senior editors for Marvel Comics. And um, story goes is this woman would go, I think her name was Flo, which is really like a funny 60s kind of name. Mm-hmm. Um, she would go to the same diner every single day and order a milkshake for lunch and then go back up to the offices and, you know, but she was one of the first women in a men's world, you know, in, yeah, yeah. in like, you know, um, cause at the time, like sixties comics, like blow my mind, like fifties and sixties comics. Cause it's like this very like mad men, like everyone's in the suit and everyone's smoking, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It, it's a really funny thing, but they're like drawing cartoons and like shit like that. Like, um, and they look so serious. So the girls and the women who were working at Marvel comics on this woman Flo's birthday, they went down to the restaurant and they all took a selfie um, Mm -hmm. drinking milkshakes and they put it on Twitter and all hell broke loose that day. And uh, they were threatened with uh, sexual violence and, and, uh, and violent assaults and all sorts of really crazy things happened where Marvel came out and all the companies came out and mm-hmm. said, like, we will not tolerate this. Go away. And they yeah, said, yeah. fine, fine. We'll go away. We'll do and, our own uh, thing. Yes, yes. And we'll do our own thing. And they started Comicsgate. And if you ever want to go down, like, the darkest rabbit hole of the Internet, uh, look up, like, uh, Ethan Van Schreer. Like, yeah, that, yeah. And just, like, watch that guy's kind of YouTube and and – Hopefully, if you've made it this far into an episode uh, about a TV show about a Pakistani American girl superhero, where we're already talking about how good she is as a character, you will be able to attack this guy back. You know what I mean? He's kind of infamous for like deleting those comments. So like his comments just look like he's very cunty behavior. He protects in there Uh, just in general. Uh... And and it's funny with him uh, particularly because. you know, he he drew a lot of um, the Green Lantern run that Jeff Johns wrote. That is one of the only things I like that Jeff Johns has ever done. Like, I, yeah. I will go to bat for his Green Lantern run. And that's where some of the cool mythology for Jeff Johns came. Kind of controversial thing. I just said I don't really like Jeff Johns. If you are a comic book person, please <laughs> forgive me. Um, just not my guy. Um, and he also wrote. Uh, he actually drew rather for uh, some Gail Simone books. Like they wrote Firestorm oh. together oh, for, yeah, yeah. The new, for the new 52 and Gail Simone's kind of like other than she's, she's like the elder statesman for current women creators in comics. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, where we have the new blood, we have the Kelly Sue's and, and, um, and the G Willow Wilson's and, and, and all the other women working right now, uh, Fiona Staples, you know, huge artist. like probably the best artist working in comics right now is Fiona Staples. And she is a woman and she's writing a drawing rather, probably the best comic to come out for the past 20 years. That is saga, you know, Brian K Vaughn, if you own a staple saga. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but before that, there was uh before them, there was, um you know, the Gail Simone's of the world and Gail Simone, you know, birds of prey, uh, mm-hmm. secret six. Um, she invented the term fridging, which is uh like in, has a Wikipedia page? Yeah, you know yeah that's mean? not just like a, a comic term anymore. Like it's yeah, yeah, that's like a real like thing. It, it's like it, yeah, it's, it's like it's, turning putting dough. 
from the Simpsons in the Webster's dictionary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Comicsgate was a really, and still is a really ugly thing. And um, while I think a lot of these aspects in pop culture where people cry a lot and whine a lot, and there's a lot of misogyny and, and quote unquote geekdom and this mm-hmm. little sector of, pop culture with comic books, video games, horror movies too, you know, um, I, I think it's always been there, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. really easy to self publish now, you know, and, and they have a tendency to be a little louder about it, you mm-hmm. know, because they want to feel seen and they want to feel known and they want to feel uh, validated and correct. Um, and, if you encounter that fellow beyonders, fellow listeners, ignore it or fight back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, discredit it as much as you possibly can in hopes that we will eventually eradicate that form of self-publication because it is essentially hate speech, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we had to address it with, with Miss Marvel being a television show because um, I, I live in New York. Um, I've lived close to New York City and Jersey City my entire life. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of uh, Pakistani families. I know a lot of. Um, I, I have a lot of Muslim friends uh, and friends. Um, it's funny, like a lot of my friends who are, are Islam are, are black guys, but um, uh, you know, like I like I, I live in a very diverse place, but particularly with Middle Eastern culture. Um, and being from New York for me, um, I've lived in New York and and in the metropolitan area before and after 9-11. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is huge. Um, and there's a lot of it's it's a different kind of hate uh, where <laughs> people think, oh, you're from this part of the world. You attacked me. You know, we've been at war mm-hmm. with your country it's like no you were not at war with my country you were at war with like terrorism you know what i mean you yeah, weren't even yeah. at war with afghanistan you were just in afghanistan you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and it's, it's like a really weird thing and it kind of going back to the peter parker of it all with camilla Khan, um yes. she I, bold statement she's like girl peter parker but better because she's also a Pakistani American girl living in a post 9-11 New Jersey city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marvel's always tried to be progressive. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think of, of course. like Colossus on X-Men, uh, giant size X-Men in the middle of the cold war. It's, uh, a Russian hero. And who they thought was going to be the face of the X-Men in the beginning of the new team. But I thought it was going to be Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Wasn't that the thing? Didn't they think it was going to be Colossus and Nightcrawler? And everyone's like, Wolverine, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. That's well, I went wound up happening. Yes, people realized how cool claws were, and now everyone mm-hmm. is uh, just not as cool as them. So it's. But Colossus did have the Executioner song, which is one of my favorite uh, X Men arcs. It involves Asteroid M. Uh, like um somebody's funeral and mutant aids and like magneto yeah, yeah, comes yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. legacy virus and all that the uh, legacy virus yes yes, yes all of yes. that is wonderful where like colossus eventually like goes to magneto for a little while you know he like mm-hmm. changes sides um big fan 
of Peter S. Buten. Love that guy. Um, and his Kitty Pride relationship, because Kitty Pride is my favorite X-Man. Um, you ever seen those like fuck your star sign, tell me your favorite X-Men or whatever memes? No, no, sure. no, I don't think so. Uh they're always funny when people post and I'll be like, Kitty Pride, you know, people are like Wolverine, Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> um Again, this show was, um, I think the majority of the showrunners and the writers are also Islam. Is that correct? Bishka K. Ali? Yeah, I believe so there. Uh, yeah. There was some controversy about some of the casting. I guess some of the uh, actors are not uh, Muslims. And uh, the main uh, Kamala Khan, uh, Amon Valani, is, so it's... I don't know. Uh, it's not for me to say whether that's appropriate. Sure. There's a, and also, like, the guy playing Bruno may have been a Trumper at one point. Oh, really? You he, joked about how he was a yeah, Trumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know that to be for sure, but I do remember. Yeah, yeah. He retweeted something he shouldn't have. That kind of oh, died down, so maybe there was nothing to it. But I don't know. <laughs> this girl. um how do you pronounce your name? Iman Volante? Uh, Iman Volante, I, I believe it's. Yep. Uh, alumni of the same high school as our friend uh, Hayden Christensen, who may or may not be. Same the... acting school. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's an acting program, rather, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, her talk show circuit this week has been very um, cute and sweet. Like mm-hmm. she was on The Daily Show, she was on uh, Jimmy Fallon. Um, and just her, you know, I'm a Marvel fan and, you know, mm-hmm. you, I, I'm sure the, uh, the comic skate guys are like, if you're a Marvel fan, prove it. You know what I mean? No, but she like has, she has been, what she's been doing mainly is like the, the MCU quizzes. I've seen a few of those. And then I've seen the, the bit about her arguing with Kevin Feige about, uh, the universe designation of the MCU and how it's earth one, nine, 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 nine or whatever. <laughs> yeah yeah she's like it is not 616 and then and yeah then yeah you're fucking casual like, <laughs> yeah and she like angry texted him like how could you do this and he yeah, just yeah. like sent back a sad face or something like that to her like <laughs> both deserves better that sort of thing yeah she has she's like she's yeah. like i don't care i always like that guy and i'm pissed that he's dead you know mm-hmm. um, i can see that like yeah, yeah she's talked about how miss marvel was kind of her entry point to the comics so she probably actually likes the Inhumans. Uh-huh. Yeah, she probably read both issues of Inhumanity yeah. and uh, was really excited for that Matt Fraction series, Inhuman. That never happened. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, she has uh, been very... It, it, it's nice to see, and it makes mm-hmm. it all the more relatable, and it makes you root for not only this girl, but on the show, this character... And kind of goes back to what I was saying at the very top of the episode with um, the fan base that came around during the Carol Core that freaked a lot of people out because all of a sudden there were a lot of girls in the comic book store and everyone's like, oh boy, you know what I mean? Like, what's going on here, guys? Um, but there were a lot of women really excited about monthly series and mm-hmm younger readers as well jumping in like this girl's 17 18 years old right uh the actress or the character the, the actress, the actress. Oh, no, the yeah, she's like 21 like or 22 okay cool yeah, yeah. um 
friend of the podcast, uh, Hunter from the Androids Amazing Podcast. He's about the same age and got into comics around the Marvel Now era. Oh, um, yeah, and it, it's just funny to see people who jumped on around that time because it was, again, kind of talking about Marvel Now a lot. It was kind of like a good jumping on point for it things. Really was. Uh, I think your secret words when all the books ended. Uh, <laughs> yeah, unless you were an X Man fan, it was a great yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, even, even though I will kind of go to bat for Bendis's X Men run at that time, uh, Uncanny X Men was like Cyclops leading the bad guys, and it was mm-hmm. like Cyclops and Emma Frost. They just killed Professor X during AVX, and they're like the bad guys, and then there was a book called the all new X-Men because all the books were called like all new, this brand new, that yes, yes. and, and all new X-Men was Hank McCoy being like, I wish Scott could see where he is now when he was a kid, maybe it would change things. So he goes back in time and kidnaps the original five X-Men and brings them to the present. And then they get stuck there. Um, so all new X-Men was basically like the original X-Men, uh, time as, displaced. Yeah. Time displaced as teenagers in modern times. Uh, yes. so I haven't read that run. I have encountered the uh, the time displaced younger X Men, and I uh, I wasn't sure how they wound up that way. Yeah, You're yeah. angry about gay Bobby Drake. I'm, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I am not. I'm not. That's fine. Uh, no, there's just too many X Men. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too many Wolverines too running around around that time. My old man Logan. Right <laughs> yeah, there was Old Man Logan, X-22, and um, Savage Wolverine was going on around that time by uh, Frank Cho, one of my least favorite comic books, like, of all time. And at the time, I is had, like, a... like, Frank Cho's sexy drawings? He is I do of... not like Frank yeah, Cho's sexy drawings. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I suspect it. I suspect Yeah, like, let's bring him to the Savage Land so we can get, like, She-Ra here. You know, like, as quickly as possible. <laughs> like, as, like, let's get jungle ladies with tits out as quickly as possible. That's, like, uh, Frank Cho's, like, first M-O, M-O. Yeah. yeah, it's like that, and then, like, let's go to Japan quick so we can have sexy kimono ladies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. fetish. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then let's get Electra in here real quick. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> all... It's like, a cameo. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is... I yeah did not like Savage Wolverine. Got a little bit of flack from the Frank Cho stands when I used to have a uh, YouTube comic book review show. Um, I also upset uh, Gail Simone fans around that time by giving. You told one, me about that. Yes, yes. They got mad. They got real mad. I felt really bad about it too, because um, she's a nice lady who lives like close to me. Apparently, we have mutual friends. Uh, Bob from the Talking. Uh, comics podcast good guy good guy i even though mm. we've argued on microphone before when i talked about how much todd mcfarlane meant to me <laughs> he got like so mad during the um androids 100th episode when it was like the topic was like how'd you get into comics and it was yeah, like so Matty the- tore up his first dr doom issue it's no. <laughs> he got so upset when i was like honestly guys i pretended i didn't like it for a long time but i'm i'm done and this, <laughs> yeah this is- yeah i've recognized the trolls but it's still awesome yes, yes. yeah and then and, and and like the, that was like my whole conceit for that episode because they got like hunter who got into comics around like 2012 and like mm-hmm. the marvel now he got like the new blood the guys who like the camilla cons and the carol core and then bob literally this old timer who got into comics in the silver age who came with 
like mega books, mega books, like thousand dollars. I mentioned it because yeah, I remember seeing the pictures of it and just like wow. I've never seen those books in person ever. So and I'm like taking selfies with them, like being yeah, so nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a, a historical artifact. Like, yeah, yeah, this is me in the Holy Grail. It's <laughs> yeah, he he like pulls Amazing Fantasy 15 out of like a backpack. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You know what yeah. I mean? And then I pull out like 20 copies of like you know the <laughs> linoleum covers of like. <laughs> Bloodshot yeah, and fucking yeah. Exo Man of wild, War. Well, you're fucking yeah. Wildcats one. Yeah. yeah, I brought all of my X Men number one so I could like lay them out and Did make you the see, poster. Yeah, 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 the full, <laughs> uh, gate folds cover or whatever. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Exactly the same. Yeah, and and like that's where I came in because I was like, you know, I'm fucking 36 years old. I was eight years old when Jim Lee was a thing, and like mm-hmm. I am the image brat. You know what I mean? I am like the image revolution incarnate at this point, and I'm going to go to bat for it. And me and Bob went like so hard, but he's very good friends with Gail Simone. To get back on topic, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And I felt really bad that I was telling him, I was like, I gave fucking Secret Six a bad review on YouTube one time when I had this like fairly popular show and people freaked out because I had no idea how many Catman fans there were in this world. Oh, you know? oh underestimated. Uh, rookie mistake. I, yeah, rookie mistake. Never underestimate a guy named Catman. Um, <laughs> uh, this show stylistically, all right? Um, is kind of unlike anything Marvel's done before. And when mm-hmm. we um, first, you know, started talking tonight, um, one of the things that you asked was like, how do you feel about like kind of the Edgar Wright of it all? You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, these kind of um, like animation, cere- like it's very, well, like it's so displaced from reality. A little bit at times. Yes hyper cuts you Mm -hmm. know um almost a music video kind of quality to it Mm -hmm. which is why i compared it more towards (laughs) my man michael bay um as uh two of the uh creators of this show um ideal arby and billa falal i cannot pronounce their names uh the guys who directed bad boys for life uh they they are the showrunners here which i think is very funny and um it's got a lot of that just really kinetic energy in terms of pacing cutting mm. cameras they obviously oh, they the cameras move the- in interesting ways uh mm-hmm. they flip in really interesting ways but there's something kind of like inherently modern about it inherently like the name of the episode is generation y obviously like a joke for like generation z you know what Mm -hmm. i mean um this is people are gonna get mad at this this show might not be for you if you're between the ages of 30 and 45 and i know you're the target demographic for all of marvel comics I'm yeah sure marvel, all the previous content yes yes it, everything it's all made for you it's not children material and it's meant to be taken as seriously as possible i know i get it marvel fans um unfortunately this is not <laughs> unfortunately this is doing very well um in reviews regardless mm-hmm. of how how poorly you try to review bomb it with bots like we, we it's very kind of uh 
um, like they surface level. Like a six or whatever on IMDb, but that's still like a positive score. Yeah, still pretty good. Still yeah. higher than Zack Snyder's Justice League. You know? Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it starts with uh, "Blinding Lights," the weekend song, like blaring. Um, a song I really like. I don't know if you like the weekend very much. I don't know why I've heard it, but it sounded familiar. I'm sure that I've heard it, but yeah, I didn't know who, uh, whose song it was. I did like it kind of. Yeah. It was the most popular song on the billboard charts for like, I think it like broke Michael Jackson style records. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry to make you feel old. (laughs) No, no, this is not surprising to me at all. I haven't listened to a radio in a decade and yeah, uh, I'm kind of fine with that. I find my music on YouTube. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I I like really liked the weekend, and I hate to sound like a hipster, where it's like I liked the weekend. You know, before, before they were famous. famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I I had gone to see the weekend at a place called like SOBs or something. I think it was called SOBs in in Manhattan. Um, with my friend who, um is kind of like a hip hop guy who I trust. And when I asked like, what's it like? He's like, it's like, um, like if Kendrick Lamar sang like Michael Jackson and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know? yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. Huh? And it's all like really sad. And like all his early stuff is like him singing. Like, you know, he's got an vo- amazing voice, but it's all like, I am doing so many drugs. I want to die. Like I'm mm-hmm. taking Xanax to like kill myself, like crazy shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and now he's like the number one artist of all time and like performs the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show, um, <laughs> made his acting debut in uh, friends of the podcast, Josh and Benny Safdie's uncut gems. <laughs> um, he's the guy who uh, Julia Fox, Kanye West's uh, ex-girlfriend was trying to bang. If you recall mm-hmm. again, like this is very like Gen Z intro where. Yeah. And this is kind of how I wanted the, uh, the series to start. Uh, with fan fiction of some kind, uh, I didn't know whether it should be proper cameos uh, in ludicrous scenarios, but this paper cut out of the heroes kind of is perfect. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like fun, silly things you can do with it to make it visually interesting. Should we make paper cutouts of Bucky and Sam doing boat stuff and <laughs> and start? <laughs> A YouTube channel of stop motion, like Sam and Bucky, like Titanic style, Rose and Jack, tragic lovers trying to just trying to fix a boat. You know, Mm -hmm. they're just trying to fix a boat. Um, In the comic, she posted on social media platforms, fan fiction under the name Sloth Baby here. They made it much more visually interesting by turning mm-hmm. it into YouTube content creation where she, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. It's her uh, final chapter to the 10 part series on earth's mightiest heroes. This one is about uh, Captain Marvel. Um, and it's all like hand drawn. looks like stuff. Um, a teenager who's fucking really talented. Yeah. I'm gonna say it's better than an ordinary teenager would be able to do it from. <laughs> I'm 36 years old and I draw a lot every day and like take it kind of seriously and yeah, yeah. better than I can do. So especially animating it. That's and then animating it on top of it. Yeah. yeah. Skilled. yeah. Skilled. I like the um using the stop motion cutouts in front of like projected videos and like showing the room and it just being on mm-hmm. like an iPad. I like that look quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um 
I like the acknowledgement of Scott Lang's podcast series, uh, <laughs> Big Me, Little Me, where she got all the information on it from. Because I'm always like, where do they get the little details about like, that's America's ass? Yes, like, where are these yes. jokes coming from? Have they seen the same movies as us? And it's like, oh, Paul Rudd's just telling everybody, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's got a good memory, I guess. And he's relaying all the information to everyone. Uh, yeah, it, it is awesome. I, I like how uh, as she's uploading it, um, first we get our first hints about her you know, going to Avengers con, this is kind of the, uh, the end goal of the, the episode. This is like the, what I almost called her a red herring. What do they call those things in Marvel movies? Alfred Hitchcock made it up. Blah, blah, blah. MacGuffin. This is the MacGuffin. Yeah, we got to get to yeah. Avengers con. We got to get to Avengers con. It's really important because we got to get there so I could turn it into a superhero. Um, her, her next series though will be, uh, you know, why Thor is a secret gamer. So mm -hmm. I just like that, like somebody out there, like uncovered that uh, him and Korg are the, yeah, are the yeah. guys on Fortnite. Uh, it, yeah, so it's like a testimonial from the fucking uh, new Master 69, maybe. <laughs> yes, yes. It's funny because um, there was a series of Xbox commercials that mm -hmm. correlated with the launch of something that came out at the same time as falcon and the winter soldier and they were doing some like cross branding so anthony yes. mackie as as um falcon was like sam wilson was like going into like a microsoft store to buy like the new xbox mm -hmm. and it was the same guy who used to work at the apple store where um what's it called steve rogers and uh, steve, steve rogers and yeah, at, where they were pretending not to be movie stars and just be regular people. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> By putting hats and hoodies can, on. Yeah, fit right in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Us, like gods amongst men could pretend mm -hmm. to be normal people. Um, but it's the same guy. And he asks him, hey, what's your gamer tag, by the way? He's, he, like, introduces himself with a name tag, says, like, my name's Steve or whatever. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. what's your tag? And he's like, oh, it's Noob Master 69. So it's, like, in canon that the guy this from guy. yes yeah that guy was new master 69 and that guy would have a podcast he he knows about computers he works at a at an apple and a uh microsoft store apparently um yeah so she gets interrupted by her mother uh right after the upload and i love how quickly much like in the first issue of miss marvel the g willow wilson uh miss marvel as she um, gets called down by her mom, like it's time for your driving test. And you just mm -hmm. see the family in around like the breakfast table, basically in the kitchen. And they introduce the mother, the brother and the father. It's it's like a minute and a half. And you've learned everything you need to know about yes. these people. Yeah. Yeah. The parts of that dinner table scene are right from the comics. So the, the bit about the, uh, the brother praying is so much that he forgets to eat things like that. Uh, which, I don't know if that's partly to put people's uh, uh, who don't actually know any Muslim people in their day-to-day -day life. Like, yeah, yes, there are normal people that uh, be religious about being a maniac. Or, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, normal, like, like Christ, everyday Christians sit down and say grace before dinner, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's can't judge any particular religion by their worst members. It's yeah 
There's yeah, barbarism like, in all of them. Uh, absolutely. The, the, the end of every Fast and the Furious movie is them saying grace around a homemade, um, you know, dinner table outside in like a... I don't know why you would bring up the one true face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like the the explicit Christianity yes. of that series yes, yes. is like and and straight up Fast and the Furious the most racially diverse woke series there is low key like low key that's why those movies do so well and you don't even know it and all the dude bros who like think those are like the cool tough guy movies for yeah. like just like tough white guys to go see it's like oh no 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 the lead is the most ethnically ambiguous and possibly <laughs> sexually androgynous movie star of all time, that is Vin Diesel. His wife in the movies is like my really good friend um, who's so, so gay and I love her to pieces. But she had her sexual awakening seeing Michelle Rodriguez in mm -hmm. the first Fast and Furious movie where she like was like, oh, I like that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like the yeah, yeah. butch tough girl. Um, you have like, you know, um, Spanish characters. You have all sorts of black characters. You have uh, Samoan characters with the rock. You know what I mean? Now we got Jason Momoa in there. Um, they go to the middle East. They go to South America. They're always talking about the cultures everywhere they go. Um, there's a part in the eighth one where they're in Cuba and they're like, we're going to race a quarter mile. And the guy's like, no, we're going to race a Cuban mile. And I still don't know what that means. <laughs> is that a kilometer? Is Does that mean a kilometer? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Is this a metric system saying that we Americans can't possibly fathom? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it, it's really funny. Um, but yeah, this show introduces a American family who mm -hmm. came from Pakistan and they're Islam, you know, and, and, and yeah. they're Muslim. Yes. And it's just like, this is part of our life. This is part mm -hmm. of our day. And it's as regular as it can be. And also they just do such a good job. Like I was watching the episode. I watched it after you had, and I was kind of like, sometimes I'll like pause and like live text you, like what I'm thinking. And I'm just like, yeah. The breakfast table scene is right out of the comics. And I love this so much. Um, the mom with her kind of like tiger parenting, mm -hmm. like instilling the uh, Desi culture, the, the kind of values on her daughter, like not like fear of the Western world, um, because like, obviously, like they live in the Western world for oh, a reason. But like that is part of the conflict in the series between Kamala and her parents is uh, her being more Americanized and wanting to do normal American girl stuff, whereas her parents worry for her, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like, um, like don't lose who you are because mm. you live in this country, you know what I mean? Like, don't lose where you came from, don't dilute our culture because we live here and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. we kind of talked at lengths during the Shang-Chi episodes, um about the concept of tiger parenting, uh, which is kind of more known, um, from, from Chinese immigrants, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, but like, like my dad's a child of an immigrant and, and granted they're from Sicily, but they were very much like work, 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 <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like succeed, succeed, succeed. Um, and there's a lot of that, uh, 
kind of tiger parenting going on with the mother, uh, the father who is just kind of like a goofball and and really friendly and like a, just a loving guy. And then the brother Amir, who um, is is like the devout Muslim of the family. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The most fervent of the, the bunch. Yes. Um, so then they go off to the driving test where she instantly fails the test by backing up into the instructor's car. Yes, this um, is the, the first scene where I, I thought, yes, it's clearly for a younger audience because driving is super easy. And failing the written part is where you're going to fail your driving test if you... <laughs> You say that to someone who doesn't drive. <laughs> I, I know I'm shaming you. It's very easy. Yeah. I don't know what your, your problem is. You didn't ram into anyone, though. That's just get things people don't like. It's <laughs> not that I remember, but the police tell oh, me yeah. something very, very uh, different. <laughs> I guess it. I guess it. Uh, and then I went back to the DMV to take my driving test, and I failed the part where you have to read the ABCs off that thing. Oh, um, oh yeah, the old eyesight on you. Uh huh. And I'm too vain for glasses. I'm far too pretty for them. I don't want people to think I'm a nerd. So I'm in the process of memorizing the. Oh, uh, which directions? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when they point at it, I'll just know, like, off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. That is much easier than just wearing glasses for 10 minutes and actually learning to see so I don't hurt people when I inevitably get my license back. Mm -hmm. I also don't drive in my favorite franchise, is the Fast and Furious franchise. I think that's why I like it. It's pure wish fulfillment for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could yeah. never do this. People drive in space. You know what I mean? Like, look what yeah. I'm missing out on. You know, um, this was the first scene again um, where, yeah, this is for a younger audience, mm -hmm. uh, even though we heard like a Gen Z anthem, you know what I mean? <laughs> to start the episode and like, you know, having subscribers on YouTube and stuff and followers is like mm -hmm. a big deal for the generation two before us now. Right. We're millennials. So I think she's like two generations, whatever. I uh, don't want to think about it. Um, this was also the first sequence. I mentioned it a little bit before uh, we get a really big crash zoom where the camera goes in really quick as she's putting her glasses up mm -hmm. and, and the camera is just whizzing around um, in a very commercial style where there's a lot of sensibility where it's trying to appeal to the masses uh, we talked a lot about Sam Raimi's camera work when we did the, um, uh, Dr. Strange, yes. yeah, the multiverse of madness. Uh, you know, he's, he's known for whooshing his camera around, but as much as Sam Raimi films have at one point, he made the highest grossing movie ever made with Spider-Man three, uh, as commercial as they, they became, um, he really does come from like independent roots and the filmmaker I associate with popularizing that, um, two people really there's michael bay uh for you know bad boys the rock armageddon yeah, lots yeah. of trash that i really like that sold really well with big explosions and cameras flying around and just people just sitting there like zombies and eating it up um as well as uh the production of um jerry bruckheimer and don simpson you know what i mean they love just like have cameras flying everywhere you yeah, know yeah. and and then Don Simpson exploded uh, while on cocaine. His heart literally exploded. Um, <laughs> they dedicated The Rock to him. Ah. Mm -hmm. And not Rock of Cocaine, the movie yeah, The Rock. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah so, just like a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A happy accident, they call yeah. that, my friend. Um, 
You know, uh, when Miles Davis was inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was like knee deep in his like 80s, like um, Miles Davis, uh, famous crack user. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, despite being probably the most talented musician of all time um, and thought about music and played music in ways well, that like. Actually, lots can't... of people smoke crack that you might not expect. <laughs> yeah. Daryl Strawberry, one of my favorite New York Mets of all time, smoked a lot I, of I was thinking of the British Bulldog. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. One um, of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I yes. am but picking I'm up on a trend. Like, I like to go and smoke crack on the weekends and. Miss Word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> favorite producer, Don Simpson. Favorite artist, uh, fucking Miles Davis. Famous wrestler, you know, fa- yeah, favorite yeah. wrestler. All my favorites are are notorious crackheads. But Daryl Strawberry right. won a World Series for both the New York Metropolitans, my my favorite, as well as the, the New York Yankees, my least favorite team of all time. But he'll never be in the Hall of Fame because he smoked too much crack. Um, but uh, <laughs> when Miles Davis went up for his uh, rock and roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony in the mid 80s, he was so whacked out. He had these giant sunglasses on. And his hair was like sticking up. And the only thing he said, he like picked up the award and went to the microphone and said, what the fuck is rock anyway? The only rock I know is a rock of cocaine. And then like walked off the stage. Ah, that's a uh, classy move. Classy move, classy yeah. move, and like no one in that room is as talented as that person, so no one could <laughs> say can't really shit. Say much. Yeah, you yeah. can't say a goddamn thing to Miles Davis. He will probably kill you. You know Ooh. what I mean? There's all those stories about how he like would like abuse his band members and shit like that. Um, <laughs> when they would like fuck up timing, he would just like tackle them and stuff like that. Like he would like tackle oh, wow. drummers like all the time. Yeah, there's a really good scene in. Uh, Michael Mann's Collateral, where mm. uh, they go to, like, that jazz club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're, like, telling this story about, like, how Miles Davis walked in before, like, the guy realizes, like, oh, shit, this guy is here to kill me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's basically talking about, like, how scary Miles Davis was, like, and how mm-hmm. scary it was to play with this guy. And he's telling that to, like, the scariest person in the world, Tom Cruise. Um <laughs> <laughs> So as uh, after failing her test, I do like the little bickering that she has where she's like, you, Chris, the car- I don't know what the mom says, but she's like, that car was too close anyway. It was your fault. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, well, they were being very uh, defensive of uh, Mala's uh, driving without actually knowing what had happened. Really, yeah, yeah. I have some Pakistani friends and I know um, some Pakistani parents. And uh, that was so fucking spot on. Um one of the things I said to you, and I'll talk about it in a couple seconds, a little bit more. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Jersey City, and this is the definitive Jersey City superhero show. <laughs> I will proudly say this show represents Jersey City and the people of Jersey City pretty, pretty well. Um, it hasn't gotten to the uh, millennials who couldn't afford to live into Manhattan bit, but... Uh, <laughs> Because that's mostly what I know about Jersey City was like my buddies who couldn't afford to live in the city, but we like needed to go there because that's where all the money was, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But but I have some very fond memories of of Jersey City. Um, And one of the things I do like about Jersey City so much um, is the view 
of being able to stare at Manhattan and, and as her family's kind of like driving home and shaming her for being uh, so, so uh, imaginative. Um, Camilla Khan is looking at the window and like fantasizing about the Island of Manhattan where she knows like all the superheroes are, you know, and her family's babbling about her. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you catch the line that her, her mother said about the genetics in her family? Uh, Not the genetics, just the, uh, the bit about the grandmother being a a daydreamer, constantly fantasizing. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing go back to, I think, three times in the episode, which I'm wondering if Kamala's uh, going to be the first hero in the family uh, at this point. Like, it may become a, a legacy title thing. She says, uh, these are my genetics. I come from a long line of fantasizing young women. My mother was one of them. It's kind of mm-hmm. hinting. Again, there's a little clue about the origins of her powers. Um how likely do you think it is that her powers were granted to them through a genie, a magic genie of some sorts? Okay, that is hard for me to say because uh, I probably think of something completely different than the gin that they're talking about in this series where I'm thinking of like Robin Williams and Wishmaster and Andrew Divoff <laughs> and things like that. And yeah, yeah. I don't know that that's really what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, I only have probably racial, uh, in racially insensitive like, <laughs> depictions in my mind. But yes, yes, sure, uh, sure. Maybe they'll they'll learn me something here. I I hope so. Um, there's like um a jinn like figure in uh Jewish folklore kind of as well, and and Russian folklore and stuff that I kind of know about. But again, even that one's kind of like a stereotypical <laughs> kind of like you know yeah, like an yeah, old lady know. like yeah. yeah 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 i uh i don't know do they all wear I don't puffy pants assume that like yes puffy pants and the top knot and the the magic lamp or any of that i don't know how much of that is accurate to the to the lore the way i kind of understand it is the gender just like evil spirits uh this is the way they I'm live in magic assuming. lamps and sing songs yes i know yes okay well I'm right. Yes, it's produced by Wes Craven. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's pretty much the Death House. There are a lot of uh, slasher icons in that movie. Uh. Yeah, um, I have a very close family member of mine who swears that they slept with Barbara Eden. Um, famously portrayed the genie in the um, sitcom "I Dream of Genie." Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and he swears by it. He was an investment banker in the eighties who like she was like past her prime and like he admits mm-hmm. it you know what i mean it was like barbara eden like a decade and a half after she was famous but he like that's his like big like whenever this family member's drunk he'll be like you know i fuck barbara eden. <laughs> like sure guy you know what i mean sounds great yeah 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 um so as she's going into her high school there's a plaque on the outside of the high school the, with the name of the school. Did you notice any of the, the names on the plaque there, Travis? I did. I did. Yeah. She Willow Wilson was the, the top one. And I, I know right now she has other names though. I can't remember specific. Uh, yeah. They, they're all names of not only comic book writers and, and pencilers and artists, mm-hmm. but also inkers editors and even colorist, my friend, which made me so happy. Yeah, I was going to say it's not, 
not everyone that ever wrote for Kamala Khan. I didn't see like uh, Saladin Ahmed. I didn't see his name on there. So you you did not see Salamid Ahmed's name. No, no, yes. no. So I uh, I assume this was just like the first two uh, series before it got canceled for being unpopular or, or <laughs> whatever. Secret Wars is the real reason. <laughs> the uh, the big ones I saw you mentioned was G Willow Wilson. Uh, writer of the the first Miss Marvel series, uh, Stephen Wacker, a comic book writer, and and later on more famous for being an editor at Marvel Comics. He's the guy who greenlit G Willow Wilson as well as the uh, um, Kelly Sue Captain mm-hmm. Marvel run. Uh, Adrian Alfano, uh, who was the artist on those first six to twelve issues, yes. as well as uh, Ian Herring, who was a colorist. And last but not least, Travis, I saw our boy Jamie McKelvey's name on there, who also drew for uh, Young Avengers, the book that we talk about a lot on the show. The um, good one, right? Yes, yes. The good one. The good one. Yeah, drawn well, by they're both good, I guess, but one of them's markedly better than the other. Uh, one of them is like one of the best comics of the past 10 years, <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. other one is Young Avengers Children Crusade. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, the, the Jamie McKelvey and what's the name of the writer for that series i'm like losing my mind uh karen gillen he's a big writer for marvel now he's yes. doing that um avengers versus x-men versus eternals book that i'm not going to read uh he's, he's i tell you that eternals run is actually pretty decent for eternals i know that's like a <laughs> very low bar <laughs> uh well yes and i think Asad rubik's art compliments the series well but i just i love Asad rubik uh I don't like him to draw everything, uh, but yes, there are certain characters that I think gives it an epic feel. That's very like your vibe too, Isad mm-hmm. Ribic's art, man. Like the uh, the big Conan art or the Thor art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's 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 the man at that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, like, I don't see like seeing him draw like typical superheroes as much, but like the mythological stuff, that's kind of where he shines for me. You say that, but he did some Secret Wars shit that's like mm-hmm. really good, and that's like oh no no I'm not saying it's bad I'm I'm just saying that I have a preference for his mythological style or over the superhero oh, yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah and and it it's got this like almost painterly quality to it you know yes what I mean? yes I, I actually wasn't sure if he paints or if it's just the way he draws. Uh, but it's not like drippy paints like uh David Mack or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like it's so refined, it's I'd be bummed out if I found out it was done on like Procreate or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I I could see. Uh it very well could be. That might be where he gets those cool uh where he, he gets his cool textures from. Uh so yeah, now we're in the high school and Kamala Khan is instantly introduced as an outsider with very little friends other than Bruno and um, what's the other girl's name? Uh, Nakia, who that was a controversial casting too, I guess. Uh, uh, I guess because they didn't hire an actress to uh, where is a head job outside of acting. Uh, oh, yeah. I, like I said, there's a lot of uh, controversials around controversies around this one that I don't fully understand. I. I'm just going to mention it though that there was a little something there but and they cast uh this guy for bruno who may or may not have been a trumper and trump may or may not have actually said i was in jersey city during 9-11 and i saw all the uh 
Muslim community like dancing and burning American flags or something. He like made up some lie about that. Oh, Did you, well. you know about that? Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I, uh, no surprise, no surprise. <laughs> Travis, you want to hear the craziest shit happened this week? You know how the January 6th trials are going on right now? Uh, yeah, no one's really talking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, Fox News, at whenever the January 6th channels are, whenever the trials are like on because they're being broadcast on C-SPAN and like MSNBC and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, all, all the real news reporting stations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fox News has been going commercial free and not telling anybody while the trial is is on live yeah, so yeah. their viewers don't accidentally change to the next channel Dude, and see that is so such scummy i can yeah yeah it's crazy heels over there oh my god are they fucking shit heels it's insane i wish camilla Khan would punch tucker carlson in his fucking face uh even though i had i I, I had a dream once um, that I was banging Tommy Lauren and she was just calling me a liberal simp the entire time. <laughs> She's calling. <laughs> I was watching her bang another guy while she called me a cuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. We don't shame here. <laughs> no. We do shame Tommy Lauren, though. Yeah. Shame, shame, shame. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so so they're going over the game plan, uh, you know, get to Avengers Con and finish the Carol cosplay. And they bump into the uh, the cool girl who was their old friend, a character named Zoe, yes. who was also Flash, in the comics. Flash, Flash Thompson. Uh, yeah. In the comics, yeah. she's kind of like a subtly racist at the beginning where she's she pretends to be nice, but it's like a backhanded compliment thing. They don't seem to be going in that direction as much. I disagree. I disagree. She does something kind of racist here, or at least. um, Well, she compliments uh, her necklace, but I didn't see it as a a, a artificial thing. She Uh, compliments your necklace. And then the moment Kamala says, oh, I'm glad you like it. That's actually my name in Arabic. She goes, ew. And like walks away. I don't. I, I don't know if I heard that right, uh, or if you did. Maybe yeah. I don't remember. Ooh, I, I heard this in oh, oh, like <laughs> and not knowing what, what to say. But it, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, we I took it as a. I took it as a like. Ugh, you know what I mean? Oh uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, ugh. Uh, but they eventually become friends in the comics, much like Flash Thompson and Peter Parker. Yeah, maybe Zoe will become Agent Venom someday. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully. Zoe with the symbiote, like that's just what they do with these characters. We have gotten the whole family. We know all about their deal. They've had less than three minutes of screen time. We've been talking about them for an hour. Um, Mm. We've gotten Bruno, the inventor nerd. We know all about him. We've gotten the bully, uh, Zoe. We know all about her, and we've mm-hmm. seen them all for less than 30 seconds. Yes, you know what yes, I mean? we get the gist of them. Uh, and if, if the necklace thing wasn't enough to let you know that she's kind of a bully, they uh, show her fucking hitting Kamala in the face with a dodgeball or a basketball, some type of ball. Yes. Yeah, a scene that made me laugh very, very hard, um, and I felt really bad about it as I was doing it. Um, 
Yeah, and like all throughout the day at school, we kind of get a glimpse of um, how Camilla Khan sees the world through this like fantasy lens. Like she's spacing out and drawing a picture of her teacher, and her teacher picks mm -hmm. it up, and it like starts being like, meh, 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 meh. like yeah, the yeah, natural animation. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the meeting with the uh, the guidance counselor, who's like one of a those guys. That I don't respect much at all. Mine was a complete clown. Uh, I don't know what they actually do. I think it's a fake job. Um, <sighs> if you're a guidance counselor, you know, find another occupation. No, mm -hmm. no, I I'm sure you do real things. I don't. I, I don't. Know. I'm not convinced. The one I had did not. Yes. Yes. Did he uh, wear like Grateful Dead t-shirts or anything cool? Was he no, like one? No, well, I just, I got my GED. I dropped out in 10th grade at the end of it. And I uh, had to go see the guidance counselor and they put up no resistance to it. It was a wow, mistake. Wow, what a dick. Yeah, a yeah. Dick. It's like the basic function is to guide someone on the way that they should go, I would think, in theory. And they put up like no argument. He's just a pencil pusher? Uh, I think it was because my argument was so compelling. That <laughs> Have you, you heard the marijuana, so sir? <laughs> yep. Your GD, it'll take you a day. And it did. No. Yeah. I um, stopped going to high school because I started following the band Fish and um, <laughs> and missed like four months of school and no one knew where I was, including my family. And uh, when I got back, my guidance counselor told me that because I, I I don't want to brag, but we have like standardized testing in New York State. And the rule at the time was like, if you pass all your standardized tests, that's your grade for the class. And I oh. went, I showed up and I got like 96s on these things because I, I bought that a book. Been the, the way it worked at my school, I did not do homework at all back then. Mm -hmm. uh, like, yeah. Not a single piece every day. <laughs> I never did homework in my life, my friend, until I got to college. And the only reason I did it was because I was paying for it myself. You know? Ah, uh, I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but my guidance counselor told me that. And I said, oh, really? And I like went out and bought like a study guide and just like memorized it, and, like showed up and like nailed it. And I was like going on tour with the Grateful Dead. See you guys in the fall. Like, and I like dipped and they wouldn't let me back into the school. <laughs> and, um, they taught me that there's a, there was a thing called night school where you showed up after school hours. So I got to sleep till two 30 every day yeah, and yeah. go to school for two hours and basically just sit there. It was taught by the Dean. Um, and then I found out I could take my standardized test halfway through the year and I graduated half year early so I could go see more fish concerts pretty much. It was pretty fucking pathetic. I did not have the same life as Camilla Khan. Um, I do not like guidance counselors or mm -hmm. people who think that they're relatable. You know what I mean? And it's kind yeah, of like yeah. Just... Like this is probably on us not liking this guy for reasons that are outside of his control. It's... Absolutely. Like, bro, I'm cooler than you. I get it that you're trying to be cool, mm -hmm. but you're essentially giving me a get your life together speech and you're quoting Milan. Uh it was pretty lame. I did like the, um, there were some really cool, like comic book panel esque visualizations with mm -hmm. the clock spinning really fast and the, the split screen, particularly of their faces towards. The yeah. End. Yeah. Uh, with that, it was kind of a weird transition for me. Uh, when I saw you see side by side, I expected to be juxtaposing the two things or something. You're showing the duality of some kind and it's not really, that's just only one way to transition. 
it, it just it. looked really cool. Yeah, yeah, looked, yeah that's it. Their faces didn't even like line up perfectly. Like the mm. nose was a little. Yeah, bit yeah. It's, I don't know. Huh? You know who makes good use of uh, split screen is that Brian De Palma guy, the guy who's. Uh, I always question his intentions with every single moment of all of his films. I'm like, is this artistic or are you a pervert? But um, <laughs> there are some uh, Carrie vibes throughout this. Like as she's like daydreaming of being the Miss Marvel prom queen before getting pig's blood dumped on her or whatever mm-hmm. happens, and. Um, low-key i was hoping for some split screen like carry style shit like towards the we'll get to the end where i wanted it so uh after school they go back to uh meet bruno at the circle q which is uh the bodega that he worked at in the comic books mm-hmm. uh he's there airbrushing the captain marvel cosplay for avengers con and he's trying to coax her into asking her mother for a ride to Avengers con now that she doesn't have her car. And he reminds her that, let me check my notes. She's not Darth Vader copyright. Uh, Disney. 1977 or whatever the fuck. Yeah. 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 All all rights held by Disney where brand synergy, we could say Darth Vader. Mm. (laughs) I like this bit afterwards. Another really cool stylistic flourish that we, don't see this exact thing, but we see similar similar things happening later on the episode with some text messages. But as they're like bike riding and they're brainstorming about her her cosplays missing uh, yes. pizzazz that razzle dazzle that's really going to win them all over. All the like street murals and the graffiti are like coming alive as different kinds of variants of of Captain Marvel. Yes, like, yes. Jason Aaron was very excited at, at all these concepts of mashup characters. I I noted. Oh yeah, he he loves them. Yes, yes. It's the big thing for him. <laughs> he loves them. Uh, yes. I that was kind of visually the most satisfying part of this episode for me. Uh, just the street murals, graffiti coming to life. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's like fun. these are all references that cover like the same pop culture landscape that we live in too you know what i mean like like we know all of these things they're saying mm-hmm. like dr strange and this and and they're you know she could have a podcast where she screams about this shit with her friends every week and we yes. do that you know it's relatable travis even though we're not mm-hmm. 16 year old girls. I liked it, uh, how quickly this thing goes by because I was sick when I watched this. I'm still sick <laughs> now a bit, but so I had to watch it twice to be able to catch the dialogue because I was busy watching the animation. Yeah, it looked really cool, and I have to watch all things with subtitles, so I remember to pay attention to words while I'm watching things too, because I too do the same thing. And I hope you feel better. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah, back at home. A uh, package arrives from the grandmother, who we heard was a little uh, eccentric. Eccentric, yes, uh, for the brother's upcoming wedding, uh, which contains some some bangles that uh, catch little Kamala's eyes. Um, mm-hmm. You familiar with the term bangle? Yes, yes, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, I am familiar with the uh, the bracelet bangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hometown, one of one of our uh, hometown heroes is uh, Boomer and former quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. Grew up in the same town as me. So, continue. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, it's interesting to note the mom's reaction when she sees this particular item. Uh, she kind of boxes it up and sends it up to the attic immediately. I assume the grandmother was a hero of some kind, or, <laughs> but somehow the mom didn't know for sure. Uh, that, I, I don't know. I, I 
okay, so bangles are, you know, one, they're a common thing for Desi women to wear at like really important, like dressy functions, right? Mm -hmm. Two, they're traditionally passed down throughout generations from generation to generation. So that would have been the thing that the grandmother offered her mother that her mother explicitly said no to. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to do this. I want to be like a normal person and not a super person. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of controversy. I surprised it took so long for us to get for to us this. To start talking about the, the power change. And start talking about the power change. The yeah. thing that you were so butthurt about. For I so- was. I, I <laughs> uh, still am work. a little, but no. It, it for me, whenever there are dramatic changes like this, so long as it's good, I can eventually get over it. Uh, it's. I just want things to be good. That's all. And it'll just take some getting used to. Uh. Yeah. In, in the comics, um, Camilla's origins were inhuman in nature. You know, mm-hmm. she had something within her DNA that's activated by some magic uh, smoke that comes out when, <laughs> when it, it, inhuman stuff. Um, in the television series, her powers are granted to her through these bangles. That look a lot like something called the quantum bands from the comic <laughs> books, Travis. Uh, traditionally worn by a hero who I was a big fan of in my youth, still kind of am, named Quasar, that were given to him by a big cosmic entity known as Eon, who is a, a space tree with a face and a giant eye growing out of his head. He totally rules. Um, yeah, and the, the cosmic bands are are given to those who will use them to protect the cosmos and they're capable of manipulating different types of energy, really, mm-hmm. really similar to the Green Lantern power ring. Um, yeah, but like later on in the episode, we see them not only really like manipulating and projecting energy, but also creating constructs. And they're seemingly activated by Camilla Khan's DNA. Like, I'm curious if these bangles, like, they can only be worn by someone in Kamala's family. And maybe that being a nod to her inhuman origins in the comic books. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I... Maybe. There does seem to be a hint to their origins later in the episode. Uh, what it made me think of is uh, the Shang-Chi Ken uh, Rings also. And uh, with the potential for a uh, uh, Agents of Atlas, uh, all Asian hero team. I'm wondering if uh, Kamala Khan could be in the mix there too. Granted, uh, I think they could just slot her in, in a lot of different places. Uh, Depends on how popular she is. They can yes, put her yes. everywhere if they feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, we know she's going to be in the sequel to uh, Captain Marvel, The Marvels, uh, directed mm-hmm. by the great Nicola DaCosta, who directed Candyman, one of uh, my favorite horror movies of last year. I really like that movie. I don't know if you've seen the new Candyman yet. I have not. I'm not. All right. I'm not going to say the name again, because if I say it three times, Beetlejuice might pop out behind me. But yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, it's good. Yeah. The- other thing that made me think of is the Storm Ranger uh, gear for her. From Power is, Rangers? Which, no, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's Kamala Khan related stuff. It's like pre-tech. 
it's pretty much the the Venom saga for Kamala Khan. Or it's just uh, aliens so he gets this and this for a bit, and then it's kind of evil. Uh, Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't recall how she gets it off, or if that's a component. But yeah, yeah. Did she ring a really loud um, bell no, at a in mosque? A church? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at a mosque. At a mosque, <laughs> please. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she can still go in a church even if she's Muslim. It's yeah, I know. The but... place is going to cave in. It's. Oh. I um. Oh, I almost said something really bad. I um. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yes, yes. That is that is something very bad. Yes. Um, no one heard that though. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, I recently rewatched Sam Raimi's Spider-Man three and it's very funny how Eddie Brock is just kind of praying to God at one point that he kills Peter Parker <laughs> and Peter Parker is conveniently in the church ringing the bell really loud and the yeah, goop yeah. just falls on him. It's like, it's just very, everything in that movie is just like the studio being like, you have to do this. And then mm-hmm. like Sam Raimi writing it into the script and just being like, you know, they're watching the stars and they're sitting there. And then like a puddle of alien goop like falls next to his bicycle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just conveniently falls next to his bicycle. Um, I think it's funny now, like a lot of the really dumb shit, like Sandman's origins, where he's just like walking and falls into like a nuclear sand reactor or whatever yes, happens yes. That. like that's just kind of like commonplace like back then people were like that is so silly and now we just have so many comic book movies where we're like yeah sandman i get it. he fell into a nuclear sand yeah, thing you of know course I mean? of course yeah that absolutely happened in the marvel universe there's no reason that that's ridiculous uh one of my favorite lines from no way home uh spider-man no way home is when Jamie Foxx is like, I fell into a vat of, you know, electric eels. And then, uh, you know, Sandman's like, I fell into a sand reactor. He's like, got to be careful when you fall into stuff. You know, it's just like a very silly line. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Jackass 4.5 on Netflix? I have not. I'm not. Are you a Jackass guy? I think uh, some, some. I, I'm not the huge fan. I've watched the rest, though. Okay. There's... <laughs> There's a uh, scene in it where they <laughs> they have Wee Man dress up like a like Benjamin Franklin, and Steve-O is naked in a vat of electric eels, and Wee Man's standing in there, and he holds a key mm-hmm. and sticks it into Steve-O's butthole, and then grabs an electric eel, and it's enough current to go through Wee Man and electrocute Steve-O through his butthole, and... Uh, <sighs> It was very fucking funny. It made it made me think of uh, Jamie Foxx's um, portrayal as uh, his origin story, as, as yes. it were. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Gotta be careful where you fall, man. Mm. Um, yeah. So we get this scene where they, uh, the mother and Kamala, go errand running, um, and it's filled with nods to Pakistani culture and feels very authentic to certain areas of, of Jersey City from the halal trucks to like just the the wall art and the street art and the shops and the people outside of the shops it's that is a neighborhood that you would walk through you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and those are the people that you would see you know what i mean and you really you get the notion that um Kamala is very much a, a blend of of Western culture and Pakistani culture, and mm-hmm. she is surrounded by 
a community of um, traditional Pakistani ideology. Yeah, yeah. Do you did you take special note of the uh, the street food vendor uh, mentioning that bolsters and Armani suits are buying up the neighborhood? She's right. He's right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Do you think he's talking about? Um, Adrian Toomes and <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, maybe a different type of uh, avian. <laughs> uh, but no, no. I made me think of a particular storyline in comics with Miss Marvel, where there's a uh, an evil energy drink company uh, that's turning people into zombies, uh, essentially, mm-hmm. and using Miss Marvel as a mascot against. Oh her yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Um, do you first? I thought that guy was going to be DJ Khaled at one point. Second, <laughs> who I didn't think was a real person. I thought he was like a Snapchat filter or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, I went to go see, sounds crazy. I went to go see Beyonce and uh, it was raining and it was at Giant Stadium and I had to sit through DJ Khaled opening mm-hmm. and um, he stayed on like forever because Beyonce was late and it was like pouring rain and you had to like wait for the rain to stop before mm-hmm. I could, I could, uh, would, see, yeah. see Queen Bay jump up there. Um, it was a great show. It was a great show. I, I had like just started my new job at the, my job at that point. I was like brand new and I was like, guys, I got to leave a little early today. And they're like, why? I was like, I'm going to see Beyonce. And they're like, what? <laughs> like the guy with the, the Grateful Dead and the Bernie Sanders sticker. <laughs> like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what the fuck? I was like, I got to drive to Jersey to go see Beyonce. Um, I, want to see Roxanne introduced sooner than oh. later. Um, you mentioned it, uh, you know, the, the evil energy drink corporation. We saw rock smart in Loki. We right? did. We did. There- I was trying to think of if we had seen any actual rocks. I know the TV shows used them, but the TV shows aren't, are dubious canon at this point. The ABC TV shows. Yes, yes. Uh, I want to say Agent of Shield, Shield did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rocks on um, in the great Al Ewing Immortal Hulk series ends up being run by a giant evil Minotaur person. Um, it's in the Jason Aaron run of uh, Thor as well. Oh, yeah, a good it, amount. It, when um, Al Ewing's Hulk run turns into thor versus capitalism it becomes so good (laughs) it becomes so good and so not so subtle and like people start wearing the the hulk mask kind Mm -hmm. of like the antifa mask it's so cool it's so cool um the the dress shopping scene her her like her auntie kind of comes in and is like discussing discussing how her, her daughter's broken off this engagement to like travel Europe and like mm. hang out with some Chad or something. And Kamala <laughs> kind of says like, that sounds pretty cool. And they're you're, just you're like, that's why you're never going to get dreams? married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're never going to get married and you'll be a failure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they show him back at the house. Uh, this is where in the comics, um, so Bruno's showing Kamala's father some of his like inventions. He's kind of like mm-hmm. created his own like Alexa and his own like uh, Google Nest, whatever the security camera things are. He's created things that already exist, but he's made his own things. Um, he's he's established as this genius inventor, and in the comic books, he is um, a genius level inventor. Eventually, yes, I think yes. he's studying at the Wakanda Institute he for Technology. Indeed. He is indeed. 
Yeah. Uh, I kept calling him fake Doogie Hauser because he reminds he me of... He does look a bit like a young Neil Patrick Harris a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-Space Nazi uh, Starship Troopers, Neil Patrick Harris. I think the MCU should hire Paul Verhoeven eventually, though, when they want to make their first R-rated... Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> Space opera. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and Bruno's coaxing Kamala to ask the mom for, for a ride to Avenger Con uh, before he's shuffled away really quickly and fed extraordinarily quickly, um, which I thought was very funny, where he's like, how did you get all that food so quickly? Mm-hmm. I, I, I really liked that moment. Um, and then Kamala, Kamala, uh, Karma, Kamala, Kamala, Khan, Kamala. Kamala, there's right, a the, giant uh, 80s bug. pro wrestler. Yes, I see that. I see that. Pause. <laughs> okay, so editor John here. I'm talking to you from the future, uh, the day following the recording as I was editing it. So uh, during the middle of the episode, I ended up getting viciously attacked by one of the biggest beetles I've ever seen in my life. Uh, We use some recording software where Travis can see me and I can see him. And it was so large that he could visibly see this thing land on me, start swarming around my room. I frantically freaked out like a child, screamed like a girl. I got my cat in here. I couldn't catch it. So there's going to be some moments during the remainder of the episode where you'll hear me kind of scurrying around um, morbidly terrified of this bug. So just a little bit of a note. Thank you for sticking around. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Oh, that took a bad turn. I'm sorry, my friend. Whoa. We're talking about Kamala failing miserably at, at uh, her request um, to to have her parents drive her to AvengerCon. And I think cocaine is mentioned at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the brother has a good line about not a lot of salam in here. Just... No. <laughs> uh... but, but the brother was kind of introduced as this almost antagonistic figure where it's like, why can't you be your brother? Why can't you be yes. your brother? And there the is a sequence. The different genders uh, in an old school mentality. My grandmother treats men and women completely. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. A bit. Yeah. It's, uh, Did you luck out there? Uh, I guess, but like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if for, like the older generation hadn't squandered all all the <laughs> yeah. inheritance already, maybe it would have been better then. But no, it's just yeah, it's fucked up that like our generation is probably the first generation who's not going to make as much money or be as successful as our parents, and the only time we might ever actually see what's considered like true wealth or at least a nest egg is like through inheritance. <laughs> It's like so fucking sad. You oh know yeah, I mean? yeah. There'll be no inheritance for me. I, I, it's gone. It's gone. We spent it on cocaine already. I'm sorry, Travis. Yeah, yeah. Like my <laughs> grandfather owned a junk, uh, like a, a scrapyard or whatnot. And oh shit. Yeah, yeah. After he died, they they sold all of that immediately. They sold uh, all the scrap. Yeah, yeah. One of my uncles uh, is doesn't have all a lot of common sense. He he sold the scales that you weigh the scrap with first. For scrap? <laughs> he, he just sold them first before he sold the scrap. So he had to pay someone to weigh, to the, weigh scrap. the scrap. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like what I got a scale at home. You're like putting like <laughs> Oh yes, yes. Well, we got no inheritance coming uh, on uh my generation here. I one of the worst jobs I ever had in my entire life, and I've had a couple of really bad jobs. Travis dealt with one of those really big scales. No, oh, yeah. And I took the dirty linen that people shit and bled on in hospitals yes. and put it into gigantic bins and rolled it onto one of those big um scales and weighed it out and wrote down how much it weighed and then moved it out into a truck and then handed the guy how much it weighed and he brought me back new uh linen for people to shit and bleed on where i then like put it on a shelf and that was my entire and it was overnight so i would get there and there'd just be like thousands and hundreds of thousands of pounds of shitty like literally just shit like in Mm -hmm. a hallway and i would have to put on like a full suit like i was going to ask you to give me the full hazmat yeah Yeah. give me the full hazmat suit and writing with one of those suits takes a lot of skill i'm not gonna brag too much about it (laughs) um writing basic numbers down and i would have to wheel it onto one of those big ass scales and then wheel it into a truck and then like it was the it was literally the no pun intended the shittiest job mm-hmm. i've ever had i've had a couple shitty jobs i was part of the hazmat response team for my county um and had to like deal with someone who could have had ebola at one point in my life oh, and wow. that job sucked more than dealing with a potential ebola patient you know what i mean oh, um, yeah <laughs> yeah it really fucking sucked um, as much as like an antagonistic force as uh, Amir, the brother, has been up until this point, there is this like genuinely sincere moment where um, Kamala's up in her room crying and the brother's like, listen, like you're a good kid, basically. I get it. Bold, could have done it better, but I'll do what I can, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was rather cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, back at school. Um. Oh no! Wait before you're, you're wait wait wait. Text messages. Oh yeah, yeah, that too, that too. Text messages. I really loved how they visualized Camilla and Bruno's texting with the messages becoming part of the environments as Bruno's walking down the street. Mm-hmm. You know the the the, the stop signs, signs, the yes. neon signs were saying like "ug smiley face." Um. You know, it it's cool. Like when when you walk and text, uh, you're aware of both the messages and your surroundings simultaneously, unless you get hit by a car. Um, so I thought it was a very nice visual representation. Bruno apparently lives above the Circle Q, um, an inventor himself. He has a poster of uh, Nikolai Tesla on his wall Mm -hmm. famous rival of thomas edison famous arch nemesis of camilla khan eventually transformed into a mutated cockatoo travis i mean we'll get on to it a little bit later but i'm just saying i think we might get a killer cockatoo in this series yes our good friend david zavala uh and me actually talked about this particular cockatoo recently and I asked some future guests, David. Zavala. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah. of the pod. I don't know if we will. I'm 
it is the villain I, I was hoping for for um, season one because she doesn't really have a ton of notable ones. There's pretty much this and uh, a love interest turned bad. And uh, and eventually the symbiote suit, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the Storm Ranger, yes. The Cree nonsense. Sounds like a sounds like a Power Ranger. That's all I'm saying. It does. It does. <laughs> Have you heard about this uh, non-binary Power Ranger villain that everyone's fucking complaining about? <laughs> no, I have not. I have not. I, uh... Yeah, because they're so tough. They can't have a non-binary character in their show called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, the most childish thing. I, I, yes. I like Power Rangers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It Like that whole subgenre, I'll occasionally watch something in it that... Just because it's like just monsters wrecking stuff. I, yeah, I like that's that. fun. Yeah, but every episode ends the same. It's... I like toys too. And yeah. I was like prime demographic. I'm so terrified that this bug <laughs> is going to pop up, man. I, I'm like literally I'll, like I'll about let to. You know, it, it's been on your shoulders like the whole time. And it's. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. It's just not on your shoulders. I, uh... All right. It I'll let you go but. If if you see it flying around, please just I'm like sure don't scream. Just... Your pedal case, just... Oh my god, that's what I'm scared of. That I like literally just washed all my bed shit. Like, mm-hmm. and I never do that. I never do that. I never wash my sheets. Are you kidding? I can barely get them off. They're so sticky. Um, <laughs> um, and I recently just bought new ones, and I washed. I didn't even buy new ones. I, I didn't even want to do this. And I think I told you about this. My roommate noticed how dirty they were and <laughs> left a spare set of <laughs> sheets at my door <laughs> and was like, get the hint. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that like started me on the like, maybe every three weeks or so I should clean these things. I just fucking did that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I am fucking terrified, dude. Oh my god, we're talking about Thomas Edison still. Yes, yes. Oh and god, I, w- well, I would. Oh, Thomas Power Edison, Rangers, Power Rangers, Clones. Power Rangers. Power yes. Rangers. Um, the Boom Studio Power Rangers is good. It's oh, yeah. good. Yeah, it's like kind of a fun comic book series. Um, and again, like we're both the same age, like 36, 37. Mm-hmm. We were eight when the Power Rangers came out. Maybe younger. Yeah, we yeah. were like I ate those toys up and i recently um i was kind of feeling under the weather the other day and i don't like watch television unless like i'm sick or depressed really uh yeah. unless it's like a marvel thing or like hbo uh yeah, but i watched like netflix like the toys that made us and the power ranger <laughs> episode and like seeing the box like because they had this like very distinct uh like triangle shaped box mm-hmm. um brought back like a crazy memory of getting all of those one year uh, for maybe my birthday, maybe Christmas or something. Maybe I just begged my parents and like eventually accumulated them. But the idea of like buying a toy that you could stack into another toy that turned into a bigger toy mm-hmm. was like so fucking cool, man. Did and you have a Voltron back when? Yeah. I okay, had so all Voltron of- was a little bit before um, my time, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw a few episodes, but I never had any of the toys. Uh, I had a Voltron inherited from an older cousin. Okay. Oh, I can see that. Uh, my cousin was more the, my older cousin was more the Voltron person. So was mine. Yeah. And then eventually I got my, um, 
my Marvel cards from the same older cousin. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked about that in the past. He he got me like a whole set and um you know, before Wikipedia when like you just had to take the guy on the bus or the guy down the street's word for <laughs> what was going on in comics and yeah. like who characters were, you know what, what I their mean? powers were, yeah. Yeah, what their powers were, yeah. Um, you know, you didn't really know that Juggernaut was Professor X's brother until you got that card, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? because uh, it was like hard to dig up back issues and trade paperbacks were not as popular. Um so Kamala Khan trying on her Carol Danvers cosplay the next day. Uh, first, before I start telling you why I love this sequence, and I think it was really subtle and lovingly done. Um, there's a Captain Marvel poster with the cover art for Captain Marvel number five by the great uh, Terry Dodson, uh, my favorite like pinup cover artist, mm. you know? I was saying I don't other than like Frank Cho, right? Other than Frank Cho, I was about to say. So Terry Dotson is like the opposite. Terry Dotson isn't the like tasteless, like yeah, yeah. We're just Frank Cho was hustler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank Cho's the hustler to Terry Dotson's Playboy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm a classy guy. I only watch Miss America for the article, or I only read Playboy for the articles. <laughs> um, so like her trying on this costume and looking in the mirror um there's a bit where she's checking to see the tightness of her clothes um there's a bit where she puts a shawl around where she checks the length of the shirt yeah 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 where she gets uh, just uh, insecure about how tight the thing is after her mom kind of complained about how tight captain marvel's costume was (laughs) So not only I don't think it's not only like insecurity mm-hmm. as much it is as much as it's um like cultural guilt. So yes. in like strict like Desi culture, um there's uh limitations to how tight and how loose a woman's clothes should be. Um there's also limit it's back. It's behind my iPad. Audience at home, I didn't get it. I'm going to have to do a lot of editing here. Jesus fucking Christ, this thing is terrifying. I wouldn't be such a pussy if it wasn't so big and scary looking, Travis. I wouldn't be if it wasn't like that big. It's a giant scare. This is like the biggest beetle. I Who knows? I could end up being masturbating late at night and this thing could just terrify me. You know, and I don't know if I get off on fear the way I used to. I'm like, you know, getting older. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in, in strict Desi culture, there's limitations to also how the length of a woman's shirt. It has to, some some times it has to like go down to your kneecaps. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like adding that uh, that shawl, that kind of sash around it, that that's a way that, you know, you see that in, in common in dress. You know what I mean? I, I really liked all this and I. I liked this sequence quite a bit. And I also liked the follow-up sequence where her parents barge in and announce that she can go to Avengers con, but she has to be with her father. um, And they have to be uh, dressed in matching Desi Hulk cosplay. And the dad jumps in and fucking, um, you know, he's painted his face green and yes, it's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very uh, charming and endearing uh, of the parents. Uh, 
The dad especially, he just seems like a, a goofball throughout the episode, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And, like, Pakistani Hulk would kill it at a convention. It would. It would. Uh, uh, then she breaks their hearts. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, it's, it, it's always hard to watch, but yeah, anytime uh, parents are trying to relate and then the kid says something hurtful and much more hurtful than uh, they intend. Yeah, it's a uh, bummer. I've done it before. Every All uh, of us everyone have. Everyone has, yeah everyone has you know i told my mom i wanted to go to on fish tour and uh she never looked back um <laughs> she she breaks the news to bruno um mentions like during the conversation too he mentions her falling in the hudson river or something like that that is something that happens in the first issue of miss yes. marvel too that's where she saves zoe right i believe so yes yes and um, they meet on the bodega roof where Bruno gives her some photon gloves, Travis. Mm-hmm. In front of an Edison Electric sign. They're teasing this fucking cockatiel. You're uh, going to skip over the Ma- the Monica Rambeau reference to talk about the cockatiel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just to be honest, a, uh, a cloned uh, Thomas Edison in a cockatiel's body is more interesting than Marsha Ramble. I'm sorry, it just is. She's nice too, but yes, yes. Uh, also, the Edison Electric has her dress symbol on it. The, uh, yeah, it's got the lightning bolt. Exact lightning bolt, yes. This was a cute scene too um, between her and Bruno. It's a friendship that's very believable. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it more than Ned and Peter um, I, already. It's too soon to say for me. Like, I, I I like Ned a lot in the movies. Uh, in the comics, they have this sort of romantic relationship going on that never really goes anywhere. Uh, I don't know if it's just the usual uh, can't progress relationships in comics. Yeah. Uh, Tanger, if it's just, yeah. 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 How many times has Peter been back and forth with Mary Jane over Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Will they, won't they, black cat stuff? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed so later on at school this is where she gets the ball thrown in her face that made me laugh so fucking hard it made me laugh so fucking hard and later on the episode zoe gets it back and that made me laugh equally as fucking hard um and Carmela eventually devises this scheme to sneak out and basically take the bus to avengers con but it's told over this very stylish very scott pilgrimy mm-hmm. um partially animated montage drawn um, as a professional would draw what a teenager would draw like. <laughs> it's a very professional, yes, yes. Yeah. Amateur like what a pro- yeah, what a professional thinks amateurs could. It's like a professional drawing what an amateur would draw like kind of mm-hmm. sequence. It's partially animated. I really like all this fucking stuff, man. Um, and then we get the uh, before she sneaks out the night or the day rather of Avengers Con. Uh. Camilla sneaks up into the attic for the uh, the final fur- flourish that that pizzazz and takes her grandmother's bangle, mm-hmm. something to put a little bit of her into the Captain Marvel cosplay, and then her sneaking out um, plan doesn't go as slick as she had uh, thought that it would, or as as it was animated before, but her and Bruno make it on the bus to Fort Lehigh, New Jersey for Avengers con. Even if she does lose her bicycle on the way, 
Now, Travis, have you ever been to a comic book or a convention of any kind? Uh, no, no. Uh, we have them down here, but yeah, it's like an hour and a half away and I'm lazy and, <laughs> and we don't really, I guess we do get some big names, uh, but yeah, they, um, they don't look like this. This looked like a carnival an Avengers carnival. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I wish comic cons looked like this. Um, <laughs> I absolutely do. We well, used to my, my home, uh, Shout out Stony Brook, uh, my hometown. Uh, Stony Brook had this really, <clears throat> really lame comic book convention called Icon. It was like part D&D, mostly anime comic mm-hmm. book convention. But it was in my hometown and we could like walk to it when we were 14 years old. You know what I mean? So we would always go up there and we would usually steal a bunch of stuff. That was usually the MO was uh, steal a Fist of the North Star VHS uh, yeah, or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that's where I got. A copy of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, that was like a really coveted kind of thing. Um, I bought a, uh, a Highlander sword there one time. That was pretty cool. Um, but one time I was there as an adult, um, fairly normal looking guy. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. not the stereotypical like comic book guy from The Simpsons, but even though I do love comic books, uh, Thomas Jane was the guest of honor that time i was attending the university of stony brook where this uh comic book convention icon took place and i remember being in one of the stony brook classrooms with um not many people uh one of the guys was like he's just a big comic book looking guy dressed as a wizard and and he was just sitting there asking thomas jane like mr jane you know what i mean like it was so funny and at thomas jane just looks so defeated at this point mm-hmm. in his life and we're walking out uh, at the same time and he comes up to me he's like dude where is their starbucks i was like come with me thomas jane i'll show you where the starbucks is in the student union no one will recognize you don't worry <laughs> you know what i mean um so i wrote down uh the avenger con easter eggs all of which are you know other than just every single person dressed in avengers cosplay yes here. yes there's one of those that's notable i think there- I have a couple in here that I just kind of liked. Um, one, this convention, seeing as how they're New Jersey, takes place at Camp Lehigh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. home of the base where Captain America was created, later became the S.H.I.E.L.D. base where uh, Stark and um, Michael Douglas worked. And where they um, kept, kept famous war criminal Arnim Zola. I was about to say, eventually became a dumping grounds for famous uh, war criminal arms. Yes, yes, Nazi war criminals. Yes, yeah. that's where... Uh, where who who live them. in computers. Yes. Um, there are lots of uh, sexy ladies dressed up as sexy Captain America who kind of look like the USO dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, I love me some pulpy pinups, so that's cool. Um, Bruno went as business casual Tony Stark with the gloves on. I liked a mini mate rocket cosplay here. Uh, there was a booth called things that Hulk smashed the things that Hulk smashed exhibit. Uh, one of the things I noticed there was the taxi punched in. It looked like the taxi that he punched in the Avengers when they told them like not to smash or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a dude with a Thor costume on who used CDs as uh, like, super glued basically onto the armor. Here, yes. Yes. Like little circular bits. 
Uh, yeah, like the little circular bits on the old school Thor armor, which I thought was a nice little touch. Um, there was a exhibit called the Realm of Asgard, and I really liked the lettering. It gave me a big like William Castle, Vincent Price kind of schlocky mm-hmm. 50s sci-fi horror movie vibe. Um, there was an area where you could book a tour of new Asgard. And as we've seen from the Thor Love and Thunder uh, promotional material, it looks like their tourist industry is thriving much like the Norwegian cruise line, which helped pay for the MacBook that I'm working on because <laughs> I invested in um, transportation and uh, fucking tourism when mm-hmm. as well. Oh, investment corner. I forgot about this. <laughs> I forgot this was a segment. So my Disney stock has risen a little bit. I haven't made much money, but it has gone up. So them going woke, I will uh, not. I was going broke. to say, yeah, you're really, uh, playing with fire there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. As I mentioned last time on our first uh, inaugural investment corner, uh, I had recently invested in Disney stock as it dropped due to some controversy with the uh, don't say gay bill down in Florida and them saying like, fuck off. Basically, Mm -hmm. I think investors were just kind of worried that they would say something that would end up with some media outcry related to the Don't Say Gay Bill. So Disney stock got close to $100 for the first time since COVID. I put money into Disney during COVID because it went under $100 for basically the first time in my lifetime. Um, So why am I talking about this? Oh, during COVID, I'm speaking on a very nice MacBook Pro. Um, I put money into the Norwegian cruise line because it dropped to nothing because no one could leave their houses. And I thought, (laughs) what's something that's going to inevitably come back? And it's going to be tourism. You know, people are going to go on cruises eventually. This will be over eventually. We're only three years into the pandemic now. Um, (laughs) People will get on boats again. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I like put money into a bunch of like cruise lines for some reason, because they were just like so cheap. And then like the second like stuff started opening up, especially over in Europe, like mm-hmm. it just went like boop, 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 boop. And I was just like, see you later, guys. I'm buying a toy. You know what I mean? I'm going to buy a pair of Yeezys, a new bass guitar and a nice computer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep. Investment corner over. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see some of this as Guardian uh, tourism in um, Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. There's a Elvis Doctor Strange playing guitar. I thought that looked pretty cool. There's a picture of Steve Rogers, which is a little tushy out that says "You're welcome" written on it. Because as we know, these people watch the same movies we do. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> and then there's my favorite is. Um, the those we lost tribute wall with these terrible drawings in crayon of Natasha Romanoff and Iron Man. Yeah, you can make out Iron Man, but yeah, the Natasha drawing was particularly bad. I uh, I wouldn't have guessed that to the loves. They should have gotten Kamala Khan to draw this thing. Apparently, apparently. Are Jesus. you going to uh, mention Zoe being dressed up as a? Uh, I, I want to mention first uh, oh. the the head writer of the show, Bishka K. Ali, this woman apparently like she tweeted about this. She went off in the writer's room because Disney was like, don't put Natasha on there. Just put 
Iron Man on there. And she's like, fuck no, you didn't even give this yeah. woman a funeral. <laughs> you released her movie on Disney Plus. Like you've screwed this shit over so bad. We're putting Natasha Romanoff on there. Yeah. Um Zoe is dressed as slutty Captain Marvel. Wait, wait, that is unfair. That is unfair. I <laughs> she's a bitch and I can slut shame her. She threw <laughs> no. no, no, I don't think she's supposed to be in this. I uh I do know that she's dressed very similarly to uh Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel from Jeez. Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. got the sash. I think it's a bit weird that they went and throw Carol Danvers in this, but they'll throw a high school girl into this costume, which is kind of slutty. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't actually show that much. It's just weird. Uh, inappropriate. <laughs> With the fair faucet hair and all that. Uh. And they kind of, um, <sighs> Kamala and Bruno are kind of being like gatekeeper about it. Yes, too. yes, yes, they are. Uh, she doesn't even like the adventures. She's, yeah, yeah. She's not a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah, last but not least, um, there's popcorn being sold. But what I thought was just a terrifying bug monster <laughs> that Travis reminded me is probably an ant. Yes, yes of Ant-Man. Yes. Um, I have it written down that's a terrifying bug monster. <laughs> because I could in fact I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like why where, where's the Thanos was right? Where's, where's the giant where's the giant <laughs> bug in my room? I have no idea that's terrifying. No, where is the Thanos is right contingent? Where is that group yeah, of sure. trolls? Everyone likes to dress up as the villain too, I would think. Then again, I guess it hits too close to home. It, you know, dressing up like Osama bin Laden or, or Hitler. Oh my the, god. Uh oh my god. When back in um, the post, the beautiful post 9-11 days of uh, New York City, um, an area that I never really went to a lot, uh, Coney Island, famous area of New York City, uh, mm-hmm. that's actually like kind of a dump. Um, <laughs> they have like a boardwalk there. You know what I mean? And um, I remember being on the boardwalk one summer because a guy who I liked was on the mess was you like an entire no. gang of people. It was fucking uh, the product the warriors, warriors, pretty much. Yeah. Yes, yeah. No, no. I wore my warriors cosplay too, and I just listened to Joe Walsh songs on a tape player. No, um, but uh, no, I um, I went to Coney Island to see a minor league baseball game because one of the guys I liked on the Mets got hurt, and he mm-hmm. played for the Brooklyn Cyclones at the time while he was in like you know physical therapy or whatever so i went over to coney island um they would have people dressed as osama bin laden and you could pay to shoot them with paintballs right there on the side of the street right there children were doing it it was crazy crazy like it was just some guy painted brown with a bunch of pubic hair glued to his face and a turban and it was like a cartoon and you would just give this guy like five bucks like you know, you go to like a carnival and there's like the shoot the duck game and shit like that. There was like a shoot the terrorist stand right there in New York city where you would just be like, bang, 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 bang. And it was just a bunch of kids laughing, like go get them. You know, it was really crazy. So yeah. Yeah. That sounds kind of fucked up. (laughs) So where was the shoot Thanos? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Very true. Um, Or shoot the red skull or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, this whole sequence kind of ends with her uh, seeing the Carol Danvers display and looking up 
um, you know, at this thing with all this admiration and uh, Bruno giving her this like really creepy smirk as she's doing it. Uh, like you said, the like they kind of had this love interest thing. Like he's kind of like, ooh, look at her. Like mm-hmm. I'm so into this. Uh, we also get a brief glimpse of the um, score, like the main theme from the Captain Marvel movies yes. here. Um, I, I'm a music guy. I don't remember anything about the music to Captain Marvel. A lot of the MCU has uh, very, you don't like, remember I'm just a girl. Surely that <laughs> I remember I'm just a girl and I masturbated plenty of times to Brie Larson while listening to nine inch nails, but uh-huh. I don't remember anything about the score. Um, it's funny. Uh, enemy of the podcast, Michael Giacchino scored the new Jurassic world movie. Mm-hmm. And um, any time they wanted to make the audience forget. I just saw Jurassic World Dominion last night. It was not very good. It's the definition of what Martin Scorsese would call a roller coaster ride of a movie. If you liked it, fine. I see the appeal, but what a sloppy mess. Um, directed by Enemy of the Podcast, uh, Colin Trevorrow, who must be stopped at all costs, um, and then scored by by Michael Giacchino. And Michael Giacchino sucker punches the audiences to giving a fuck about what's going on in this movie. Cause anytime something happens, it just goes like, and me and my friend were like, all right, there's a Jurassic Park music and Laura Dern's face. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like so good. And he just, Mm -hmm. anytime you have to give a shit, it's just like invoke John Williams. Just fucking do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they dance around doing it for a little while, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, before they finally just, like, pull the plug and do it, like, fucking ten times. Um, so they announced the Captain Marvel cosplay contest is about to start. Um, you already mentioned the school bullies always dress as slutty, Carol. Uh, Karmala heads to the bathroom to suit up, where she drops and forgets her photon gloves like a dope and a very bad friend. Well, um, <laughs> before we uh, get to that, we kind of remember like, one subplot of the thing where the Alexa thing is uh, keeping her parents from knowing that she's escaped from the house, pretty much. Zuzu. His name yes, is Zuzu. Zuzu. Uh, not Pazuzu, but just regular Zuzu. Uh, not Pazuzu, not Pazuzu. Not yes. Robert Eggers' favorite films on Peacock, Exorcist 3, is Pazuzu. <laughs> no. Played no. by Stephen Dorff, uh, right? Or Brad Dorff, your boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, With like a really weird, like they... They like slow his voice down and make it deeper in the Exorcist three. You ever notice that? And it's I like, did not. I did not. Uh, it, it's so strange. I didn't That's notice str- Patrick Ewing as an angel. <laughs> he is such a hard man to miss. Like he is such a hard man to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pe- beautiful Patrick Ewing straight out of Georgetown. Um, you know, about to to win an NCAA championship as as the angel of death in yes. in in William Beatty's Exorcist Three with uh Brad Dorf playing the villainous Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. Have I showed you my really weird NBA Funko Pop that I bought the other day? It's I gigantic. Don't know. I know you don't care, but when I get really sad or I need to pick me up, one of the things that my go-to like YouTube video to feel good mm-hmm. um, is watching the 1999 um, dunk contest uh, where Vince Carter just like annihilates shit. So I got this Vince Carter Funko Pop. 
inside ah. this giant box with the the slam magazine where he was announced as mvp uh rookie of the year and it's just like the weirdest oddity of like a merchandise to come out in 2022 like did it come with the the case and everything it did oh, i my. did yeah and if you're interested in something this strange check out androids amazing comics and toys in Seville, <laughs> new york and then ask them for the pedestal that i they scream on in there once a week they they have to keep it in the back at this point Not um <laughs> i also forgot to mention Chekhov's giant man but we'll get back to that yeah 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 uh the uh the zuzu uh device mm-hmm. uh it actually cuts back to them and the parents are about to have a lovely night by themselves that's the kids you know i thought what if this is where we get the third sex scene in the mcu how horrific <laughs> <laughs> And 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 fake Doogie Hauser's watching it on his phone. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll, right? I'll be back. I'll be right back. I gotta go watch your parents fuck. And he says it like that, like just like, <laughs> excuse me while I watch your parents. Uh, we haven't really talked about enough inappropriate things this episode, so I figured I'd drag it together for just a moment. Uh, no, we spent the majority of it watching me be terrified of a giant fucking bug monster that lives in my fucking room. Um, what if I am just hallucinating? What if this is like a naked lunch? Like there's just like my typewriter turns into a bug and starts talking out of its asshole to me and stuff like that. And I'm stuck in Interzone this entire time. Yeah, what if yeah. this bug is an agent of Interzone? What if I could get high off this bug? Um, <laughs> so yeah, before, um, she gets up on the stage, uh, she tries to put the bangles on and then they kind of like activate like well, magically. She forgets the, the photon gloves in the bathroom. That's important. I think for the future episodes, uh, I think they're going to be used to track them down later. It has his name on them. Yes. Yes. It does have his name on them. Um, yeah. And then when she gets on stage, the Bengals like start to take control. Yeah, they start it's just like an aura all around her and everything. It reminds me of the X Men character armor a little bit. Uh. Sure, and like she is, she was kind of like irritating me because she's like wanted this for so long and like just don't just step up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like maybe it's just a different kind of person, you know? And I. I'm a very good public speaker because I just don't care. I have very little shame. You know what I mean? Like I will walk up somewhere. I will tell you what I think. I will walk away. You know what I mean? Um, and, and then this is going back to what I was saying before, evoking the uh, the Brian De Palma carry moment where, mm-hmm. you know, she's on stage almost like prom queen style where she's like winning this contest and everyone's taking the pictures where I was like, all right, drop the pig blood. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like pull the switch. Yeah. Um, but instead of it being pig blood, um, well, you know, the the bangles like shoot a bunch of shit and she knocks yeah, yeah, they, off they shoot a bunch Shyaman's of head. dodgy cgi a little bit <laughs> and a little bit. most of the cgi is fine but the first when she's just shooting it randomly that's a little dodgy but we kind of skipped everywhere she has this weird experience and sees a bunch of shadowy beings when she first puts the bangles on uh obviously i didn't notice that oh you didn't notice that didn't notice that. Yeah, when she uh, puts the mango on, they have a shot of her falling backwards. She goes to a spot that looks like 
Uh, it reminds me of the ancestral plane where it's just got this purple lighting and there's a bunch of shadowy figures in the background. I assume those are previous wielders of these bangles. Uh, I'm again, like I'm theorizing that not only are they previous wielders, but they're previous family members because mm-hmm. you need to have some sort of ancestry or lineage in order to not only put these things on, but also to activate them. Yes. I think um, that makes I, sense. And it would kind of tie it to her comic book origin where it was very specific to her DNA, the mm-hmm. whole inhuman thing. It would. Well, oh, I just... found it. <laughs> And I killed it! I'm sorry, what were you saying? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Uh, Inhumans, I mean, the Bangles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, not everyone gets inhuman powers if they get hit with the mist. Only those who have uh, certain DNA uh, that's been experimented on. By space gods. Yes, by the celestials, pretty much. <laughs> yes. And I said free. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of uh, genetic um, eugenic tampering in the Marvel oh, comics, well, that, especially. Well, you make it sound like it's Nazis. <laughs> well, it's almost like it was uh, influenced by Chariots of the God, the book that like famed like oh. racists like seem to worship. Like even mm. though Jack Kirby didn't have that intention. Oh yeah, when yeah. He, you know when he was like reading it, you know what I mean. But like mm. the whole, I mean, listen to our. Eternals episode, especially if you're a fan, if you want to get upset about how much we didn't like them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but about the whole cher- cherries of the gods thing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, um, so Giant Man's head kind of catalyzes this like Rube Goldberg esque reaction where it just like it rolls and it's like turns into Pee Wee's Big Adventure for a second. Yeah, do these people think it's just part of the show? I know the ones that aren't running for their lives are still like celebrating and things. That it was another one of those parts of the episode where it's like, oh, this is for a younger audience, <laughs> including um. Uh, famous uh, skank Zoe, um, <laughs> famous child skank Joey Zoe, um, who's in the midst of telling Kamala how she's like an influencer and she has all these followers on Instagram and wants to take a picture with her. Before Kamala jumps out of the way of a giant prop. Thor Molnir hammer, which mm. whacks Zoe so hard. Yeah, yeah, she would be dead. No, <laughs> I'm severely injured at least. Yeah. It's so funny. She gets hit so hard, and then we see Kamala's first super heroic, where mm-hmm. Zoe is falling, a la Gwen Stacy, a la MJ, a la Hans Gruber, <laughs> a la the Great. <laughs> Alan Rickman's Hans yes, Gruber, yes. uh, a la Jack Nicholson's Joker, a la Heath Ledger's Joker. 
you know, we've seen this a lot. She's doing the slow-mo save mm. me fall and Kamala constructs a big old hand and saves her, uh, before hightailing it out of there really, real fast. Um, this is a nod to the things that people like Travis have complained about how she doesn't have giant stretchy heads. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, energy time stretch are not the same as having stretching hands. It's it's not. It's fine though. You're not you're not reading Graham Morrison's um, Green Lantern run, are you? No, no, I'm not. Oh boy, is it a Green Lantern run written by Graham Morrison? Oh boy, <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, and and by fun, I mean really hard to understand and totally abstract and mm-hmm. and crazy. Um, one of the Green Lanterns is a volcano. Um, well, that's fun. <laughs> it's very fun. Eventually, he becomes like a human volcano when he starts erupting. It like grows legs and starts like walking around. It's just like spewing lava everywhere. It's <laughs> I love that guy so fucking much. You know, I, I Grant Morrison, if you're listening, come on the pod. We'd love to <laughs> talk to you about chaos magic and cats and shit and how you wouldn't have killed that bug. But did you see how scary it was? Um, <laughs> Like, I'm a fucking vegetarian, and I kill this fucking thing, because I'm just terror instantly terrified. Yeah, you literally see in your personal space. Yeah. The new Jurassic World, they they start off with this whole thing where they're talking about how, like, dinosaurs are, because now dinosaurs are, like, on Earth, and they're, like, it's like a fake vice report, and they're essentially saying, um, you know, we're worried about the dinosaurs depleting our food supply, and I'm like, why are they not just eating the dinosaurs? That was like the first thing where I was like, why? And then they show a map about how the dinosaurs. You could feed a whole country off of one brontosaurus. You know what I mean? And you know how to clone them. You know what I mean? Like you can make more of them. What are you talking about? Depleting the world supply. You made dinosaurs. Um, And then they show like a map about how they like have gotten to different continents. And I'm like, imagining a t-rex swimming <laughs> with its with its little arms um it, it's absolutely ridiculous and then there's like a sequence where uh famous mandalorian director bryce dallas howard is like being basically like a PETA terrorist where she's like freeing dinosaurs who are being herded you know what i mean yeah. and and she finds like you know people are eating the dinosaurs probably because they don't want to starve and they like open up um the you know this this dinosaur farm that's basically like a meatpacking plant and the one girl she's with is like oh my god the treatment of these things is medieval and in my head i'm like that's how we treat chickens and pigs and cows like what are you fucking talking about like you didn't say this about the the cows but you're saying it about the fucking dinosaurs you know what i mean holy shit that movie is so fucking bad colin trevorrow is the worst um i mentioned how i kind of want to do a commentary episode on cats another movie as bad that shocked me like cats was the book of henry i don't know if you know about this movie i don't think so uh, it's the movie that it's also known as the movie that got colin trevorrow fired from making a star wars movie um <laughs> <laughs> where Naomi Watts plays um, the mother of a school shooter who like killed himself. Like after he like shot up a school and then, 
And then she like finds his journal and it's about how he was like friends with the neighbor girl and how the dad played by Dean Norris from Breaking Bad uh, was like beating her and how he was like going to enact revenge through this really complex kind of Rube Goldberg-esque. Like he had like an erector set that would like shoot a gun <laughs> and it would be this like perfect way to get away yeah, with yeah. killing this guy. And it she's sounds like, like a shockier version of we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> it, it is 100% going for the like this is going to be a profound thing like we need to talk about kevin but it just comes out in like the poorest taste possible um and it sullies the good name of both dean norris and my love of my life naomi watts who i she's one of my favorite actresses of all time um and her boobs are exquisite in maholland drive one of the greatest (laughs) movies of uh of all time definitely i think top five of the of this century i think mm-hmm. i think according to one of the the polls like one of those big like critic and director polls like uh, mm-hmm. maholland drive was named um greatest film of this century have you ever seen it uh i saw it when i was a kid really uh, well, not maholland falls no, not no, maholland no, no, falls. i may be mixing them up uh i'm not sure if i have or not i it's it's david lynch's magnus opus yeah I've seen one of the Mulholland movies when I was younger, but yes, yeah, so I don't remember. Did it one. have Nick Nolte in it? If so, it's I not don't the remember right. many the specifics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mulholland Drive is is the best. It, it's 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 a long Lynch movie, so like you just got to be like ready, ready for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be ready, but it does feature like an extended uh, lesbian sex scene with Naomi Watts and Laura Herring, which is like really explicit and crazy mm-hmm. um and it's followed by like one of the saddest on-screen masturbations of all time by an attractive actress uh it's it's really crazy and and like three quarters of the way through the film something like really weird and lynchy happens and then every actor in the movie is playing a completely different character with names of other characters who were introduced in the beginning three thirds three fourths of the movie and it just becomes a different movie (laughs) and you're like what the fuck just happened it's the best um yeah so they fucking they hightail it the fuck out of there um and and after swearing the night's events to secrecy uh she says goodbye to her friend bruno and sneaks back up into a room where she is then busted by a very very disappointed mother who asks her, what kind of person do you want to be, Kamala? And then shuts the door, to which the episode ends with Kamala whispering, cosmic, which um, was nice. I, I liked this. Yeah. But yeah. for the first time in uh, Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Universe history, we receive a mid credit scene or a post credit scene uh, in the first ever episode. It's essentially uh, like a bunch of um, like suit cops yeah like, yeah one of the cops is, it's one of the cops from uh no way home no uh, interrogator yes. guy yeah who are established to be working for the department of damage control mm-hmm. uh originally introduced in spider-man <laughs> yes. homecoming yeah sure Right? That's where Adrian Toomes were? Yeah, yeah. The beginning of uh, with the Vulture. So, like, they were originally introduced as a company that was being run by Stark Industries to clean up from the debris. Like, Stark was basically, like, dear city of New York, Mm -hmm. dear taxpayers of this great state, I'm going to pay for the mess, you know? 
Yes. Because that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, guilty one. Um, <laughs> um, and now they seem to become almost like a sinister-esque organization who are trying to find essentially find the metas in in dc yeah they're hero hunting pretty much yeah curious if this is going to tie into she hulk oh yeah i yes. uh i don't know like yeah i know there there's a trusted man in the credits i'm i am kind of wondering if there is going to be some sort of hero crossover uh that is one of the things i remember about the the first run of Miss Marvel is that there were notable teamless with Spider-Man and Wolverine. Uh, well, you got to get Spider-Man and Wolverine in your book. You're not yeah, a hero yeah, me, until you get... Of course. <laughs> yes, yes. But they were both fun little adventures uh, and kind of helped to further establish the character. I, I don't think either of those characters are going to be showing up in this one. So. I, I don't either, but I think damage control could mm. be the organization that essentially is like working with the uh, federal government and especially the state government of New York or mm -hmm. even uh, local municipality of New York, even though they're in Jersey, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking this up. The great state of New Jersey, yes. home of Bruce Springsteen. I've made it this far, made it this far, but baby tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. Um I uh, am a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, Travis. If you could take note, I have a 72 Telecaster with the wood finish back there because mm -hmm. I like Bruce Springsteen so much. I'm a Long Islander who does not like Billy Joel very much, who kind of wishes he was from Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, but Bon Jovi can go fuck off. Um, <laughs> he runs a soup kitchen. He's a nice guy. <laughs> He also used to run like an arena football team called like the Philadelphia soul, which I thought was really funny. There was like an indoor football league for a little while. Oh, we had yeah. a team on Long Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one time I took a shit at a rest stop. It was like the official rest stop that Bon Jovi like bought on the turnpike. Yeah, yeah. And I had shit so bad. I remember running in and then like sitting there on the stall and they're just being like all this like Bon Jovi shit on the walls and being like, where am I? And the guy in the stall next to me is like, Jersey, bro. <laughs> you know, maybe some truckers like, you're in Jersey. Now stick your dick through the hole, please. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I tried it and and it's not even really about like a gay thing. It's more just like the anonymous. The bonding. The you're not responding yeah, with your fellows. fellows. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's more like what's behind the hole. It could be something it's probably not it's probably just some guy driving a truck mm -hmm. but um what could be it's like uh mom jeans you know what i mean um sometimes you, you you'll take them off and you'll be like oh you know what i mean oh that's why i don't mind the high waist things because i like the mystery um <laughs> but i do think that damage control could be this kind of um who ends up employing Jennifer Walters to try these people. Like they're finding these people um, oh, yeah, yeah. and these beings. So, so they could be the ones who are like, Hey, we got another one for you. Another case, another case to crack mm -hmm. Jennifer Walters. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. You have anything else you want to say about the first episode of Miss Marvel entitled generation? Y? Uh, no, not really. I think it covers it. Uh, all right, let's jump into our reviews. Tell us how you really feel. Let's rate this. 
we here at MCU Beyond Infinity rate and review all of our episodes from one to six Infinity Stones. One being the worst, six being the best. We do accept half stones and we like to use them. Travis, what say you about the first episode of Kamala Khan's inaugural series, Miss Marvel, Generation Y, one out of six Infinity Stones? What say you, my friend? Uh, my personal enjoyment of it was about around a four and a half out of six. Uh, perfectly acceptable score. I tend to not enjoy the origin bits as much as the adventure bits. And now that that's out of the way, I think I'll enjoy the series a bit more. As someone they have something good planned. I like the actress playing the character. I think she's a good pitch. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. My my biggest question after this is who is going to be the antagonist of this mm-hmm. series? I have like two big takeaways like right off the bat for like what I'm curious about. Who are going to be the antagonist? I really hope it's not damage control. I really hope it's a oh, giant yeah. parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think it may, the parakeet may be too good for this world. We don't deserve the, uh, the guy. I hate birds. Have I ever told you about this? I fucking can't stand them. Yeah, they yeah. freak me out. They terrify oh, really? me. Eh? They terrify me. You see how I reacted to that flying thing before? Mm-hmm. Anything that can fly freaks me the fuck out. Pegasus? I know how... <laughs> Pegasus is Pegasus. I could, I could, I could jump on that thing. No, you know that's what I mean? So, like, your hatred you have for these creatures, then. My other big kind of like, what the hell is going to happen is, is I'm curious about the power set. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how are we going to explain the origins of it? Um, I like the idea of tying Miss Marvel, a character who's. Um, so kind of defined by her culture and her heritage Mm -hmm. to a device um, or a MacGuffin uh, that um, is so defined by her culture and her heritage. And not only that, but also her lineage itself. Um, So those are my two big, like what's going to happen things. But in terms of enjoyment, I think they nailed the tone of a comic book that, meant a lot to a lot of people and kind of changed the perception of comic books, the readership of comic books, changed the whole landscape for an entire storytelling medium. You know what I mean? And they have encapsulated that very well here. I'm a 36 year old man. I should not be watching television shows like Degrassi or anything along those lines. I should not take any enjoyment out of that. Um, So I am looking at it from a little bit on the outside a lot of the times here, especially on second watch. I was kind of trying to put myself in the shoes of um, who is going to get the most out of this and Mm -hmm. the younger demographic. And um, I mentioned right at the top of the episode at the time in 2014, when G Willow Wilson's first issue of Miss Marvel came out and I, I drove home on that beautiful Wednesday from my comic book store and I sat down and I read it. And then, uh, you know, I, I was married at the time and, you know, I'm eating dinner with my wife and I was like, I read a comic book today that I hope we eventually have a daughter so I can give it to her. And, mm-hmm. and I remember vividly saying that and her kind of being like, oh, this is why I'm going to divorce you in two years. But me being like, no, 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 seriously, seriously. Like, 
I, I have just read a comic with a character that fucking matters mm-hmm. and is going to matter for certain people a lot more um, than it's going to for me. And I recognize that right, right. off the bat. Um, I'm going to give this episode possibly the highest score I've ever given anything a 5.5 out of six infinity stones. I think in terms of the execution of a Miss Marvel television show where you're going to change her powers from being in a human to something else. Um, <laughs> Is that kept it from the, the, the perfect six? <laughs> The lack of lockjaw. Uh, no, I didn't even complain about that. Uh, but yeah, that's another big element that is sorely lacking. She did try to get an Easter egg of lockjaw in there, but even that, it would have been disappointing. <laughs> I love a good pet character. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney does too. Yeah, Disney does too. I mean, as we learned from the part that I'm going to cut out of this episode, I, I. <laughs> First thing I did when this giant bug landed on my shoulder was get my cat in the room and tell it, go get it. And yes, yes. it fell asleep on the floor before I walked back in the room and it walked back. <laughs> it was like standing outside. I was like, what are you doing? Cat? Um, I, I think Kamala Khan could use an adorable pet character. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I saw a Bayamax Easter egg, but I didn't look hard enough. Oh, mm-hmm. just saying. I'd like to see Bayamax do it like fluffy thing. So yeah, 5.5 out of six. Um, I think it deserves that score. I like legitimately oh, think yeah. it deserves that That's score. Fine. Uh, I'm not really reading this in terms of um, personal, personal enjoyment. enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think in terms of personal enjoyment though, like I like a lot of kids stuff. Like I watch like family friendly yeah, yeah. stuff and um, I kind of crave the, simpler days of old those like richard donner supermans and the mm-hmm. sam raimi spider-mans like where it's kind of like anyone can like this you could watch this with the whole family like i love those kinds of uh yeah, yeah. those kinds of films and um and this really nailed that for me and just being the first jersey superhero is kind of well maybe not captain america technically is but like um just being like the the jersey city superheroes fucking killer man um before we wrap up for the evening travis you want to talk about a couple uh small minor news items here sure sure okay the uh First news item on the docket is something that was kind of a long time coming and I thought was going to be the big buildup of phase four for a minute here, Travis. Oh, you're talking about the Thunderbolts announcement, I assume, right? The Thunderbolts, like seemingly like Thunderbolts confirmation. Yeah, like this is something that I thought was coming and I thought was coming and I thought was coming. And then I thought maybe it isn't coming because they haven't announced it yet, even though it seems obvious that's where they're going. And now they finally like, announced it. And uh, they like, kind of like mm-hmm. they kind of stopped like talking about it. Like like yeah. the you know the first couple post credit stingers for the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase Four were like, oh hey Yolena Belova you're gonna be in the Thunderbolt <laughs> hey John yeah. Walker do I got a gig for you Elaine from Seinfeld was being real horny mm. like 
you know, hey, it was kind of like... Master, no one like you not talking, so you're going to talk, and you're going to be in the Thunderbolts. And Absolutely. I like, yet, but it's going to. It's, it's coming, yeah. Elaine from Seinfeld will be like, I'll do the talking for you, chat, you know, yeah, or yeah. lady, because it's a lady now, because of the fucking MCU. Um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I sorry to cut you off before. No, but no, like, I cut you off. They, so, they, yeah. <laughs> They kind of like steamrolled away from that. Like we well, started so getting the like on Young Avengers. Uh, we kind of lost sight of the uh, Thunderbolts hype, and not even just Young Avengers. Like multiverse, multiverse, yes. multiverse, yes, multiverse, multiverse. True. You know, this is a more like down to earth. Sadly, this is a more down to earth kind of concept. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I thought this was going to be a Disney Plus television series. This is a fucking movie. Oh, no, I didn't even register that it was what it was other than it was happening. And then it had the guy that directed Robot and Frank. <laughs> I know. I cut you off as you were going to mention Robot yes. and Frank. Yes. Uh, uh, Zach Schrader. Huh? Zach Schrader? Schrader, right? Something like that? No, no, no. You wrote it down. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> robot and frank is an adorable film that both travis and i like where frank langella plays a curmudgeon old man who gets a robot best friend and teaches it how to pickpocket people for him while he cackles yes. in the bath background like a muppet um it's wonderful i love <laughs> right it's basically yeah, I've like, seen it like multiple times and it's not the sort of movie i would typically rewatch, but yeah uh and i've shown other people also because it's like a heist movie with a, an old man <laughs> and his robot companion. Geriatric heist movie with Bayamax Max and Frank Langella being yes. an, yeah, an old muppet pretty man. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about who's going to be in the Thunderbolt lineup, and I just pulled up Florence Pugh's uh, Instagram here, and there is a stunning, stunning post that she put out two days ago. Um for Tiffany and company where she's wearing all diamonds and a kind of skimpy bra thing. And she looks wonderful. Um, so obviously I'll send it to you later. Um, and think about it before I go to bed. Um, but, uh, obviously Florence Pew Pew, uh, mm-hmm. formerly Florence Poo Poo face, uh, birth as Florence Pia. Uh, she'll be returning as Yelena Belova. She's a fan favorite. Um, Baron Zemo, obviously, yes. I think they're going to kind of uh, make the Masters of Evil kind of thing. This kind of be yeah, yeah. Kinda... They, we have they've done a Masters of Evil in the MCU for them to be revealed as, but it's I don't know. I, I don't know which lineup of the Thunderbolts I would do or which version of it since there's uh, kind of dramatically different ones. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this, I don't think they're going to do a comic lineup. I yeah, think we're gonna get... yeah. I expect Abomination, Taskmaster, Yelena, U.S. Agent, and Zemo. That's five. And then I'm hoping they do Songbird just because that's a character that I, I associate with the Thunderbolts more than anything else. And I think she looks cool. There's a character who I associate with you as my my dear close friend who you have missing from that list that I thought you were about to say, and that is Ghost, last scene. In oh, Man yes. Yeah, yeah. Ghost is the uh, is another one that I do think will probably wind up there. Uh, yeah, I really hope so. I hope we get a Doombot in there somewhere, but probably not. I don't think we're going to get Doom. 
Oh, too soon, though. Too soon. Hopefully, we'll hey, yeah. have lots of doom bots in the future. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I think it could be fun. Um, they got a director who's made a very fun movie that well, both you. Yeah, I don't know that I would have seen. Well, yeah, I don't see the the link between like Robot and Fright, this very uh, quirky little uh, drama thing, and and like a big budget uh, superhero flick. But I mean, that's what they've been doing, and it's been working. So that's what they've been doing. They uh, get the guy who made Safety Not Guaranteed to make Jurassic World, and that's what they're doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they must be stopped. Um, but no, I mean, like you. <laughs> um like uh nia da costa mm-hmm. you know she she did a bunch of indie films she did Candyman, and now she's doing the fucking marvels you know what i yes, mean uh, yes. hopefully they let this guy actually make a movie and they don't do to the poor schmucks that made captain marvel where they're just like i know you've done all these indie darling comedy yeah, things yeah. but yeah You're which is or yeah yeah do this or mark webb you know he made like 500 days of summer and then they're like amazing spider-man 2 and they're like, we just hired you because your name is Webb. The studio is going to make this by themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what'd, you, what'd you think of the Black Adam trailer? I liked that it doesn't look like a typical rock movie, I guess. Uh, that was one of my, the big things I expected whenever he was cast as Black Adam. It's going to be another rock movie with him dressed up in a Black Adam costume. Yeah. I, I'm not crazy about the rock as an actor as much as i like his um performance i, mean, as I can't a, blame you it's uh, they need for a mediocre actor that is just the most profitable uh, of all right, like mom. literally of yeah. all time like yeah, literally yeah, the most profitable actor of all time is somehow the rock um I love him in Fast Five. I love him in Fast Five. Mm-hmm. He is so good. We also get the Vin Diesel Rock showdown in that movie because, like, the Rock's kind of the bad guy of that one. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. And and they have a fight sequence where the way Vin Diesel talks about it in the making of is so funny. Where he's like, "This is what they came for. They came to see me, the King of Muscles, fight this guy who's the bigger King of Muscles," and it's just them picking each other up and throwing them through drywall like it's so funny it's so funny um i remember being really excited about it when it came out and and it like delivers you know and Mm -hmm. um since then the rock has kind of changed you know thanks to you know vin diesel casting him in a movie um so (laughs) um you know his his attitude uh towards film industry has kind of changed too he refuses to play a villain I uh, associate yes. the Black Adam as a villain. Sorry, he is not an anti-hero in my mind. He is Shazam's bad guy. He is Shazam's Lex Luthor. He is Shazam's Joker. Um, he is See, a golden I, age villain. I don't read much of any DC, and I when I had that same impression that Black Adam was a villain. Yes, <laughs> uh, guess what? He is. Okay, well, I'm not mistaken. Then that's good. Yeah. In terms of like superhero comics, I know we like host an MCU podcast, but mm-hmm. like I almost like exclusively read DC comics these yeah, days. Yeah. Um, and like I go through stints, like when Marvel's good and like, or they have like a good series, I read it, I keep up with more. I say that, but like I just kind of read everything because I'm like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> also, I'm friends with the guys who own the comic book store, so they let me kind of just read things while I'm there. Even if yes, I don't yeah, <laughs> they don't run milk the holes or anything. 
No, I'll sit there and be like, hey, do you mind if I pick up the last four issues of the Avengers and sit here while I bullshit with you or just flip through the pages so I know what's going on with like Hulk? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, but uh, I, I almost like other than like image, I read a lot of indie comics. I am like a DC guy mm -hmm. at heart. Those are my characters. I think in terms of a comic book publisher uh, who's publishing good stories, um, I think DC's doing a far better job than marvel comics has been doing for like mm -hmm. the past like four or five years oh, yeah. um with a few exceptions obviously like marvel's got jonathan hickman you know what i mean like they have their guys and dc has their stinkers you know they let bendis take over superman um <laughs> and create a character called naomi that no one cared about she got a cw show and it got canceled um oh, no. oh. i who knew um, but if, uh, if you know anything about me, Travis, you know that I love old timey pulpy characters who were around during World War II that probably punched a Nazi. Um, this includes all of the members of the Justice Society of America, including Dr. Fate, Black mm -hmm. Adam. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, um, the, the Adam, like, I, I love yeah, these yeah. characters. I love these I characters. Did, I Hawkman. Did see a few uh well at least one reaction to the uh the trailer comparing adam smasher to ant-man as uh, i it just kind of cracks me up when people it's don't, like the other way around yeah well when it's just people don't uh people that don't read dumb don't realize how much dc and marvel have just ripped each other off constantly over the years it's it's not a big deal they're not gonna sue each other because they're both guilty of it so much right it's and they do it to the point where, like, sometimes they do it subconsciously and they don't yeah. even know who copied who anymore. Like, the big example yeah. is the man thing and swamp thing coming on the same week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like, we don't even know who did this anymore. They might yeah, have just been on the same stuff. Like, secrets, but it was, yeah, yeah. Like, Steve Wacker got like drunk at, or Steve Gerber got like drunk at a bar and like rambled to like, you know what I mean? Like, and mm, it's, it's very charming. funny. I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. They were nice to stuff. each other, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I thought you were going to say I did see one comment and I thought you were going to refer to my comment when Pierce Bronson jumped up on screen and I wrote, yes, daddy, please. Uh, Pierce Bronson as Dr. Fate is some of the most inspired casting I have ever seen. I love Dr. Fate so much. I love his costume. I love magic superheroes with fucking old ancient origins. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very excited for this movie. And like I said, like, I don't love rock movies. Like, mm -hmm. did I see San Andreas in theaters? Yes. Did I see Rampage <laughs> in theaters? Yes. You know what I mean? Did I see Hobbs and Shaw opening night twice? Yeah. I, saw I don't know if I've seen a single rock movie in theater. Uh yeah, shout out to uh, my my friend Cassandra, whose uh, son, who's like, I think he's 11, somehow has my telephone number. And uh, sh I gave him my Disney Plus. I gave him his own little family Disney Plus yeah, yeah. thing. Um, and one day uh, he calls me Jombo. I get a text from a random number and it says like, hey, Jombo. And I was like, hi, who is this? And he's like, hi, it's I'm not going to say the child's name. Course, but it's like, course. it's like can you buy me jungle cruise? I don't know your credit card number. I can't figure it out. <laughs> you know, like Disney plus has that pay to play option. Yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. did with black widow. And I have this like 11 year old being like, hi, can you buy this for me? I'm trying to figure out your credit card number. And I was like, I text his mom and I'm like, yo, Cass, can I buy this for your son? She's like, I guess. And I was like, I got an idea. And I was like, Hey, 
you know, child whose name will remain anonymous <laughs> for safety concerns. Um, I'll buy it, but you had to make me a promise. Can you do that? And he's like, yeah, I was like, you got to watch it with your mom. I was like, trying to get this thing. And he's like, okay, I will. And then Monday I was like, did he watch it with you? She's like, yeah, thank you for doing that. Like it turns oh, yeah. out it was pretty cool. And it was about like time travel and magic people. And I was like the jungle cruise movie, the movie based on the, the ride at Disney world. She's like, yeah, it was really fucking weird. The rock was really handsome. And I was like, all right, sounds good. Thank you. You got big muscles. Well, big muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Big muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the DC front, Travis. Um... <laughs> well, the, uh, the other big DC news. Uh, Ezra Miller and his uh, potential child grooming. Uh, they, the article I saw mentioned it as if it was him grooming a teenager, but it was actually a preteen. Fucking, oh, wonderful. Yeah, 12-year-old, uh, all the way to 18, and some weird cult-like behavior. Uh, yeah, he... Doesn't sound great. I don't know what he can do with that fucking Flash movie they filmed. I if they filmed it, if they filmed it, yeah, yeah, I, I think they did. I think they did. But yeah, I don't know what you do there. Will it be like the most expensive movie never released? <laughs> they made this movie apparently like five years ago, like six different times. Yeah, yeah, it, oh, amazing. We don't have like a T public page or anything like that. I'm sure we could start one relatively easy, mm-hmm. easily. And and along with our logo on a t-shirt, I think we should have a big lightning bolt on a shirt and just write like John was right. And just like <laughs> hashtag cancel the flash or like it doesn't exist on the back. Yeah, or something like, yeah. that. Uh, like an inside joke, like the Thanos was right. And just have like a big thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. Just write, like John was right. And people will be like, what the hell does that mean? It'll be like this crazy person on the internet keeps telling me that the flash doesn't exist. And then every time an article like this comes out, I just like, I look at you every week and I go. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't happening. It just isn't happening. There's we're that TV show is the closest we're going to get to a live action like movie flash. Uh, and those of you out there saying that they should recast the guy from the TV show with Ezra Miller because he's just as good are crazy. That guy's he, a may CW. Be, he may be more good in the sense that he's not evil. <laughs> that he's not a terrible evil person. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, but he's a CW actor versus yeah. an actual actor actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Last piece of news. Sony is going to be releasing a director's cut, or not even director's cut, it's just like an extended edition of No Way Home to theaters on September 2nd. With 10 minutes of extra footage that I'm very curious if it's actual stuff or just more Spider-Man swinging. Yeah, they, they want to say they're just the more fun stuff edition. Or, that's a terrible name if that's... <laughs> Sounds uh, like a Sony thing. Yeah. Nope, the Mighty Morbin edition. That's... Surely, surely. Uh... I I know that there was some controversy around them not including deleted scenes on one of the releases of this fucking film. I'm wondering if that's just what they're saving here. Yeah, I um I bought the iTunes extra from mm-hmm. Apple TV of it. And one of the cool things that Apple TV has been doing with purchases recently is when they get the edition that's available for sale with extra footage. Mm-hmm. Um, it just like magically pops up. It's pretty oh, cool. Like, yeah, like I bought the Northman um, when it was like, you know, only available digitally and it didn't have any making of or anything. And then recently I booted it up and I was like, oh, check it out. It says extras in the corner. You know what I mean? Well, I was like, nice. Do my fifth rewatch of it. <laughs> um, 
I just uh, haven't even told you this. Spent a little bit of money today on a uh, Spider-Man 3 DVD uh, just to get something called the Spider-Man 3.1 Editor's Edition. Have you ever heard of this? It's, I assume, a special cut of the the film, the Editor's Edition. It's the editor's edition. So like Sam Raimi is basically like, you know, he, he, <laughs> whatever Sam Raimi makes a movie, that's not really a Sam Raimi movie that he's not very mm-hmm. proud of. He kind of like comes out and like, he doesn't disown it, but he, he'll just be like, eh, the studio kind of made this thing and they had me yeah. and I got to do my stuff. And he did that with Spider-Man three did a mm-hmm. little bit like on the apology tour. That was the press junket for, uh, for, uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Yes. Um, yeah, a bit where he's like, I'm just playing in their little house. It's not really. And I like doing it. Yeah. And, and yeah. he never talks down about these things. You know, he never talked down about Spider-Man three other than the venom inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I did pay for this 3.1, uh, it comes on a different disc. And from what I've heard, it's not, it's actually shorter than the theatrical edition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly like different takes and then just like cutting out stuff that like didn't matter that like the studio made Venom. them do. <laughs> There's a different way that Venom dies at the end. Oh, really? That's, well, that's the kind of big, big difference. That's the big difference. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to, um, get the whole $60 worth of this random no. DVD standard definition DVD that I paid for today. Ah, yeah. They don't have it on Blu-ray then. <laughs> no, no, it was not on Blu-ray mm-hmm. at the time. I, I'm not very excited for ten extra minutes of No Way Home. That movie's long enough, and I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to see this in theater. Uh, oh, it's coming to theaters? No, oh, yeah, yeah. That's <sighs> yeah. I, I'm kind of good. I think. Do you know uh, when it's coming out? Yeah, uh, September second. So it's like a ways away, I guess, still, but... Yeah, but it's coming out in, like, a dumping ground. Oh. When, like, I might not have anything else to see that weekend, and I'll ask my friend, do you want to go see Spider-Man? I mean, somebody... They re-released Morbius. <laughs> they did re-release Morbius. They thought that was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But, but yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home is, like, low-key, one of the highest-grossing films of all time. Mm-hmm. So, make it for Morbius showing. That's the only reason they're doing this. Probably, huh? They probably got some computer guy to just film, to, to not even film, to animate ten extra minutes of Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. yeah, it, it's probably awful. What? Don't even have the music synced up right. The score just randomly cut. <laughs> <laughs> they they put in the Morbius delete the 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 uh, the post credit scene for Morbius into the movie, maybe. Mm. Maybe, maybe. That sounds like something Sony would be up to. Mm. <laughs> well, I am excited to continue our discussion about Miss Marvel next week. I'm really excited about where this show is going to go. Um, for now, we are going to bid a uh, fond adieu to our beloved friend Obi-Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia for the time being, although... We might come back with some thoughts on the finale and maybe the series as a whole once everything is finished up over here in Marvel Land. But there's plenty to talk about over here in Marvel Land. There's plenty to talk about over at the MCU Beyond Infinity Facebook group, a um, wonderful place on the internet for fellow like-minded Marvelites to discuss any and all things related to Marvel, Star Wars, DC, pop culture, Fist and the Furious, Ezra Miller, God... (laughs) doesn't even matter sometimes it gets morbid over there 
MCU Beyond Infinity Facebook group is a wonderful place that Travis Kira and I have kind of cultivated. It's a really fun place to go. It's kind of my go-to place to go to bullshit about this stuff. Mm-hmm. You can also email us at MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast at gmail.com. If you can kindly tell a friend about the show, that would be wonderful. We really do like getting compliments, especially me. I uh, I love them. <laughs> you can also uh, rate and review the podcast um, on Apple Podcasts. You can rate us on Spotify. And you can follow us on whatever podcast provider you are using. Until then, though, we will be back next week for Miss Marvel Season 2. And my name is John. I'm Travis. And it is Morbin time. Up in here. Up in here, up in here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>